This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 185 and this week I am very pleased to be joined by a first-time guest and a Voices of Wrestling contributor, Jerry Evans. Hello, Jerry. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, doing as I'm doing, I guess, you know. <laughs> I, I hate answer that question lately, honestly. It's like doing the same as always. So I always tell just, my dad. It just seems like the appropriate thing to ask when you're invited <laughs> on a show. No, it's fine. I just like... It, it's become a thing now where every, you know, my dad calls me almost every day and he always is like, well, how's it going? How are you doing? And it's like the same as yesterday, dad. It's just life. Life is just, you know, the same. It's, we're, in a pa- we're in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like I never leave. I never leave my house. I mean, like, what do you want me to tell you? But, but yes. Uh, how are you doing? I'm a little tired in a good way. Yeah. You know, just you know despite being a pandemic somehow things still get me sometimes yeah so well we've been playing a lot of among us with the in the voice wrestling slack so that's been fun that's actually the, like oh. probably probably the most exciting thing going on in my life right now is <laughs> the nightly voice wrestling slack among us games which i dragged my girlfriend into and she has been she's been like increasingly horrified about how good i am at like lying my way out of trouble and it's like well I don't know what to tell you. My yeah. entire that's what I've been doing my entire life. Yeah, well, you know, that has to be hard to play because I'll be honest, all voices of wrestling are kind of suspect. Yeah, so. that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, you have like like Rob Reed always uses the fiend as his name, so it's like the fiend is here. And it's like, well, I definitely suspect you. I mean, you're the fiend. It's like you're the fiend and you know, we can suspect murder and bad book, so you know. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the, like I said, probably the most exciting thing going on right now, which is uh, the Among Us games. But what we're here to talk about, of course, is the New Japan World Tag League and Best of the Super Junior Night Nine, uh, which was Sunday, December sixth, of Fukuoka. Uh, I am also going to do a solo review on the DDT Do Night Six, which will be in the same episode. So uh, you know, you just get a little musical interlude to the audience listening and then we'll go right to that review after new japan uh but as far as new japan goes of course i've been covering both these tournaments as well as the ddtdo over on the omakase patreon so i do want to plug that since uh 
you know, it's just been a ton of audio coverage on there. Uh, you know, the patrons seem to be enjoying it. It's it's a lot of work, honestly, covering three tournaments at once again because we did it with the uh, the G one, the N one, and the Champion Carnival. But I mean, it's a good kind of work. You know, it's a lot of fun, uh, and I'm glad the patrons seem to enjoy it. So. But I'm definitely also looking forward to it. I'm, you know, looking forward to it being over. So I can't, I can't really lie. But yes, you can hear all the audio reviews right now at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. It is the start of a new month. So it's a great time to sign up for $5. You get, like I said, everything we've done on all three tournaments. Uh, the, the last Patreon exclusive episode I just did with uh, Jeff from the, um, also from Voice of Wrestling. He and I did World Tag League Night 8 and DDTDO Night 5. I gave my top 10 matches of the World Tag League through eight, night, through eight nights, which uh, I'm not going to do here. If you want to hear that, you have to go onto the Patreon. So if you want to hear my top 10 picks, if you want to go back and you know pick and choose and find the great matches, because there were some really great matches in that tournament, uh, you know, not... Not like all of them were good. I mean, there were plenty of plenty of skippable stuff and plenty of stuff that was just good. But like, there were like you know, um, through eight nights, I think there were eight matches that I had at four stars or better. So you can find out all the ones I had rated that highly uh, over on the Patreon. Did the same thing for the best of Super Junior at the end of the night eight review. So again, you can go through that and you know find all the uh, all the best matches from the best of Super Juniors uh, through night eight. And, you know, I got very fired up about Hiromu and Taguchi, which was just an awesome match. So, you know, you can hear all that in the Night 8 review. And then coming up this month, um, we have another new one-match series where I'll be reviewing all the Tokyo Dome main events in order. So that will be going on probably all through December and January. We're not going to get to all of them, I don't think. So it'll be like a multi-year project, but it definitely will be a lot of fun. So that will be starting this coming week, uh, the week of, I guess, December 6th. So definitely check that out on the Patreon, our new one-match series. Uh, it'll be a fun way to, like, you know, we'll talk about the main event, obviously, but also, you know, a little bit about the rest of the card. Uh, it'll be a reason, an excuse for me to go back and read my Eggshells book again, uh, the ex- excellent Chris Charlton book. So, you know, it should be That's a That's a great fun. book. It is a great book, indeed. I got, I got to appear on one of the companion podcasts he did, so it was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I think we did. I think I was on the Noah episode. I don't even remember anymore. It was. It's been a while. <laughs> but I think it was yeah. one of. The, it was the the first Noah one, the Kobashi, Kobashi Akiyama one. I think. But I'd have to go back and check. I guess. But yeah. So that we're going to be doing every main event, uh, every Tokyo Dome main event, that will start this week. Uh, we'll be doing our year in review series that we do every year, uh, here on the free feed. Some of that will be on the free feed. Some of that will be on the Patreon. So you'll have to, you know, subscribe to get all of it. And patrons can now vote in the Rusting Omakase year-end awards for the first time, which I get asked that every year by people how they can do that. Usually it's only open for Omakase guests. This year we'll be doing a separate patron choice category, so patrons can vote through January 1st. And again, all you have to do is sign up at patreon.com slash omakase for five bucks. Pretty good deal. I know I'm very biased, but pretty good deal uh so that's the patron plug uh jerry before we get into the show i always like to ask new guests how they got into wrestling in general how and when and especially also the topic of the day which is new japan here for you so if you want to go ahead and absolutely well wrestling in general as best as i can tell got into it because my dad who 
is not a wrestling fan, for some odd reason, had a tape of WrestleMania 7. And I watched that. Now, there's a good chance I enjoyed wrestling before WrestleMania 7, but I remember that being the show that really got me, got the ball rolling. Which one? So, 7 is the Hogan Slaughter? Hogan Slaughter and Savage Warrior. Okay. Although. Embarrassing kid moment. The match I watched the most though was the blindfold match between Rick Martel and Jake Roberts. As a I kid, I just thought it was—I just thought it was the most ridiculously amazing thing ever. Two people who can't see trying to fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eight, eight, nine-year-old taste. What can you do? Yeah. Um, as for New Japan, I got into it. I don't remember why I checked it out, but I ended up watching Okada's first title defense against Naito. The 2012 one. Yeah, the twenty twelve. Oh, wow. That's like one of my favorite matches ever. So, I love that was that the that was the very first. Like, I have watched New Japan stuff from like the nineties and the you know their nineties period and stuff like that. But I very caught up with current stuff until I ch- checked that match out. And as lame as it's gonna sound, I watched that match. And never, I just thought, wrestling fan wise, I'm home. Yeah, you know, it was just I just wasn't getting that level from what I was currently watching at the time. Yeah. So when I got that, I'm like, I got to check out more. Well, first of all, I got to check out more of these two. And then I was like, these two are wrestling for this promotion. I got to check out more of New Japan. Yeah. I mean, that, that, match, been... that match was incredible. I mean, just to really, if, I, I always tell people if, you, if that's before your time, because I'm sure it is for a lot of the New Japan fans right now in the, in the West and stuff, like, make sure you go back and watch that New Japan world. It's, it's better than the, the first Tokyo Dome. I actually think it's better than the first two Tokyo Dome matches. The only one that the only one I'd say is better is the one from this year. So. I don't disagree with that. From you know, I'm going by memory, of course. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And honest with the um, significance it has to me as a fan of Okada being one of my favorites and just being a fan of New Japan in general, it has high status with me because it got the ball rolling with keeping up with this. Right, but yeah, it's a it's a ma- it's a pretty incredible match. Uh, so the show we're here to talk about is the World Tag League Best of Super Junior Combined Night 9, uh, Sunday, December 6th at the Fukuoka Convention Center. Uh, this show, again, just like the night one they did, uh, which was back, um, oh God, what the hell was night one? Uh, <laughs> I should have looked that up. So first. many <laughs> it's a, Yeah, so many nights, I can't remember anymore. I think it was Nagoya, I want to say, let's see. Uh, yes, IT Perfectual Gym, that's Nagoya. So, night one back on November 15th uh, was also the other combined show. After that, they alternated each night. Uh, the Nagoya one, you know, they, they did the World Tag League as the opener, and then the, you know, they would alternate matches, and the, the Best of Super Junior match was the main event. Here they did the opposite, which didn't surprise me. The Best of Super Junior match opened, uh, and they alternated, and the World Tag League match was the main event. I think, based on the two finals, that they're probably going to main event with Best of Super Junior. I just, uh, you know, if you are if you don't want to be spoiled, I don't know why you're listening to this episode, so I can just say <laughs> it. Uh, Hiromu and Desperado, to me, is just a way bigger match than uh, Finjuice and G.O.D. So, it's the match I have more interest in, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think very many people would disagree. So I really wouldn't be surprised if, that, if Hiromu and Despy don't main event, even though, you know, typically they would put the heavyweights above it, but I don't know. Uh, the only other thing I could see is if they do some kind of other match like i don't know i don't even know what it would be at this point like a some other title match or something i don't know but we'll have to wait and see i haven't looked at ticket sales let me see if i could see how these tickets are doing 
it's some it seems like a weird thing to check nowadays you know when uh <laughs> when basically uh we're in the middle of a pandemic but i'm just curious to see if tickets are moving for this or not uh okay lost in ticket thank you uh killing some dead air here as lost in ticket won't load Okay, uh, I guess I can't check this because it doesn't want to, it does not want it's to like, load. It's, it's like, it's like you're not going to get this information, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it won't, it just did not load at all. Uh, if people are wondering, by the way, the, the Wrestle Kingdom tickets went on sale on Saturday, and I, I tweeted about that the other day, um, you know, it's following the exact same pattern as last year where the January 4th ticket sales are like way ahead of the January 5th ticket sales. So, you know... Uh, it's just been a, the January 4th tickets are almost sold out. All they have left is second floor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's obviously reduced capacity, so. Yeah, but that's still wow. <laughs> yeah. And the January, um, the January and, 5th ticket sales have everything available though. So like, it looks yeah. like it's way behind. So. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. January 4th, that date is pretty much locked in with New Japan lore. Yeah. And I, I honestly That's the that, date a lot of people are going to go for, for first. <laughs> and I do think Naito Ibushi is a bigger match than the winner of that against Jay White. So, I agree. Uh, so the Budokan tickets seem like they're doing okay. It looks like first floor is sold out. Uh, the other two categories are still available. So it's it's listed as uh, like few few available right now. So we'll see if that picks up by the time. Uh, yeah, the arena seats are available and the second floor stands available. The Royal seats are never on sale in the general admission. They always sell out in the uh, in the pre the fan club presale. But yeah, so it looks like you know tickets aren't ticket sales aren't bad, but they're not like sold out or anything yet either. We'll see if the Hiromu Despi match helps move tickets at all, because uh, obviously that wasn't known until today. But in the meantime, here that so that's the the finals on the eleventh at the Budokan. Um, the show we're here to talk about, December sixth, was at the Fukuoka convention center as we've been doing throughout the uh series here i was going to talk a little bit about fukuoka so again if you've been listening on the patreon we've been doing this pretty much every night for any venues or cities other than like you know cork and hall which i think everybody knows you know plenty about uh we've been talking a little about bit about the japanese geography and then about like wrestlers who were born in that area and uh past new japan shows at that arena so this arena is called the Fukuoka Convention Center, also the Fukuoka Kokusai Center, which is basically, I think, just Japanese for convention, uh, or it's like international event hall or something, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this is the, Fukuoka is the biggest city by far on the island of Kyushu, which is one of the other islands in Japan other than the main island of Honshu. Uh, it's to the southwest of the main island. And this city has a population of 1.5, a little more than 1.5 million. Uh, the metro area has a population of 2.5 million, which makes it the fifth most populous metro area in Japan, uh, well behind fourth place, which is uh, Fukuoka, which is 5.5. Or I just sorry, Fukuoka is fourth place. That's what I should have meant to say. 5.5. <laughs> that was in the 2015 uh, population census, and then it's well behind third place which is Nagoya, the Nagoya area, uh, that's 9.3. And then you have the uh, Kansai area, which is Osaka, Kobe, Kyoto, that jumps all the way up to 19 million. And then the Kanto area, which is Tokyo, uh, Yokohama, all that, Saitama, just a gigantic area, Kawasaki, that's 37 million. So 
obviously well behind 37 million but still like fifth place is 2.8 million so there's still a big jump there so it's a one of the more popular series of japan other than the i guess big three um what else about fukuoka they have a very 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 successful baseball team uh the fukuoka softbank hawks in the pacific league they've won the main the top baseball league in japan which is generally considered to be uh the best baseball league outside of america they've won 11 japan series championships and, and most of those in the last decade uh 2011 2014 2015 and then four in a row 2017 18 19 and 20 so uh definitely a very successful baseball franchise lately um anything else about fukuoka not really it's a I've, I've heard it's a nice city i've never gone to it i've never gone further west than uh Osaka, Kobe, Kyoto. It's one of these places I've always wanted to go to. Uh, one of my friends went there last fall, so I guess in one of the last periods where you could do that sort of thing <laughs> easily. And she found like a surprising amount of like uh, like anime stuff, which I was not expecting at all. Really, like there's a ton of stuff. There's like a whole mall based around uh, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, which was like oh, did not know they had that kind of stuff in Fukuoka. So definitely a place i want to go to uh as far as wrestlers there's some very famous wrestlers from fukuoka uh who are born in fukuoka i should say i mean the big ones right at the bat to me are kensuke sasaki uh, i think that's a name that anyone who's followed japanese wrestling would know uh and then also his main protege who's uh currently in pro wrestling noah katsuhiko nakajima also born in fukuoka and a former rival of nakajima who's uh, the top star in all Japan, Kento Miyahara, also born in Fukuoka. Um, those, are some, those are some heavy-hitting names right there. Some big names, yeah. Uh, another one, another name I think people would know, Miyu Yamashita, the top star of Tokyo Joshi. Um, Micah, who's currently in Stardom, uh, is in Fukuoka. I just I can't read the whole list of names because it's like, unlike for some other cities because it's too long. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers from Fukuoka. <laughs> uh, if you go out into the prefecture, um, there's uh, Masanabu Fuchi. That's from Kita Kyushu in Fukuoka, which is like the, the second biggest city on the island of Kyushu. Uh, Seiji Sakaguchi, another fam- pretty famous uh, older New Japan wrestler. It's from uh, another city called Kurume in Fukuoka prefecture. So a lot of big names here from Fukuoka. Definitely a, uh, a city that's seen its fair share of wrestlers. Uh, as far as past New Japan events, they've been running Fukuoka pretty much since the promotion started. Uh, I, the, the first show in the prefecture of Fukuoka was in 1972, so the year that the company started. And then the first time they came to Fukuoka City was in 1973 in January, so not that long after it started, for a show of the New Year Buffalo series, uh, which was main evented by Antonio Anoki Antonio defeating the Tiger. Uh, the Tiger is a bushwhacker. <laughs> He's bushwhacker butch. So really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is the Tiger. So that the bushwhacker butch main evented the first ever uh, New Japan show in Fukuoka City. Uh, but yeah, they've run that. They've run the city pretty regularly. Um, the Wrestling Duntaku show, or now now it's a two-night show, but that's been running since... When the hell was the first Wrestling Duntaku? Let's see. It looks like it was 1995 was the first Wrestling Duntaku, and that's become like an annual... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got that completely wrong. It's actually... The first Duntaku was 93, uh, and that was actually in Fukuoka Dome. 
So that was back when they were running a lot more domes in the Tokyo Dome. And the first Dontaku main event was Antonio Inoki and Tatsumi Fujinami defeating Genichiro Tenru and Riki Choshu. So that is your first Fuku, first wrestling Dontaku main event. Uh, but yeah, they've run that show annually pretty much since then. Not every year. It looks like they skipped a bunch and then it became an annual thing again. Uh, wow. Okay, I skipped a lot of years actually. When did the Dontaku become an it looks like Dontaku became an annual event again in two thousand nine. So they've been running it every year since oh nine. Before that it was much more uh, you know much more uh infrequent. But, you know, they're a regular G one stop too. They get a, they usually get a G one climax show every year. They didn't this year. This was the first year they didn't get a G one show. Uh since let's see. Looks like since twenty fourteen. Yeah, so it's the first time they can get a G1 show since 2014. But uh, presumably they would have if not for the pandemic. So, you know, uh, I'm sure they'll be back there for the G1 next year. But that's a little bit about Fukuoka. So let's get into the show here, which opened up with a Best of the Super Juniors match. Uh, Robbie Eagles defeating Yuya Uemura in 7.30 with the Ron Miller special. Eagles moved up to 4-5 and five and Uemura falls down to 0-9. Uh, not unexpected there, of course, as a young lion. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, 0-9, but with with Irimura, you know, the wins were never important. It was how he, how he appeared at the end of it all, you know, how he did throughout the whole tournament. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. And he, he really stood out to me, at least, in, a few, in quite a few matches. I mean, the match he had with show on the last uh, Best of Super Junior show I thought was awesome. Uh, yes, the match he had with Ishimori I thought was awesome. Hiromu, I mean, he he really had the only match of his I think wasn't that great was against Bushi, but other than that, I thought he had a really good tournament. Yes, and I, you know, going in this match, I thought this was a very good short, obviously, but very good short match between these two. I agree. I really enjoyed this. It started out very fast and furious. Uh, both guys were going back and forth immediately. Robbie almost got the turbo backpack. Oyemura countered into a cross arm breaker, but Eagles was able to make it to the ropes very quickly to break. Uh, I would love it if Oyemura continues doing that cross arm breaker, even once he's no longer a young line, because first of all, it looks great. Like, you know, he just has a great arm bar. And second of all, we need more arm bars in New Japan. So I, I, I will never say no to more arm bars anyway, where honestly. Yeah. Um, so I, if he holds on to it, I would be thrilled. And I just love it when we had a lot of. I just love it when people who really need a win, it's just a you know statement win, feel like they're actually going for the win, and it feels like they know they need to win. And Uramura throughout this whole match just felt like this win was important to him. Yeah, I mean, it was just he lot. didn't get it. So when he didn't get it, even though I knew really he probably wouldn't, you know, like oh man, yeah, I really wanted you to get that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the match doesn't really slow down from there either. Like, Yuya, like, counters a Rana attempt straight into a Boston Crab, but Robbie makes the ropes immediately. And then Uriyamura just kept having these great counters to pretty much everything Robbie tried. At one point, he drop-kicked him out of mid-air when mm-hmm. Robbie tried that springboard attack, which, great timing there. I mean, it's not always, you know, th- th- that kind of thing. I-, I-, I think I've seen it go wrong on this tour, honestly, with, like, if you time it wrong, you just graze the guy with the drop kick, and they timed it perfectly. So, yeah, I think my favorite, and I'm going by memory, memory which isn't always the best in the world, but at one point, 
going for that suplex and it gets blocked so he instead goes for a pen attempt instead yeah i think I and i and i bought it you know yeah. i for a second i bought into it because it was so well done yeah you know it's like and i just love that even when i know deep down someone's not going to win if they can just for a second convince me completely wrong yeah i love it and they convinced me for just a moment uh, Eagles does eventually overcome all of Yuya's counters, of course, and he puts them away at the Ron Miller special for the win. Uh, really fun sprint, great way to start the show. I went three and a half stars on this. I don't know. We if are we we're in alignment there. Okay, yeah, I don't. I was gonna. I, not all of my guests are star rating people, so I, I forgot to ask you that. If you don't yeah. want, if you don't want to star rate, you don't have to. But if you do want yeah. to, I don't. I'll do some matches on the fly, and some I have just jot down. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I'm right there with you at three and a half. This is, you know, as good as I could ask for for a seven, you know, slightly over seven minutes match. Yeah, and it set a good tone for the rest of the show for sure. Match number two in the World Tag League: uh, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens defeating Evil and Yujiro Takahashi in three thirty three. Chase pinning Yujiro with a schoolboy uh, that brings Fale and Chase up to three and six, and drops Evil and Yujiro down to three and six. Um, all five of them do the two sweet pose, including Dick Togo. Uh, unlike previous all Bullet Club matches, no one immediately tries to attack each other. That was nice. But Yujiro grabs the mic and says, uh, Hey, Chase, Peter's coming right now. And Chase looks at that ramp for what felt like hours. I'm like, did you did you think she was coming from, I don't know, from the loading docks, buddy? Like, why did you spend that much time? He's like, oh, here she come. Where is she? I don't see her. I, she must still be coming. And it's like, and then Chase, like, he's looking and looking and looking, and Yujiro rolls him up from behind finally. That was pretty funny. I will give them credit for that. That, that, that was pretty well done. Um, yeah. It was probably, for me, the height of this match, for honestly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they basically just kept trying to cheat on each other, trick each other. Uh, you know, Chase at one point pretended to be hit by Yujiro's pimp stick. But when Togo got up on the apron to use the spoilers choker, uh, Fale actually grabbed Evil to keep him from distracting the ref. Why more people don't use that that kind of tactic, I have no idea. And then Chase, like, sends Yujiro into Dick Togo, and then schoolboys him for the pin with his feet on the ropes. Uh, this barely counts as a match to me. They didn't really do anything besides try to trick each other. So there's try no... to trick each other <laughs> and too sweet each other. Exactly. I mean, there's no good way to, way to rate this. Uh, I probably wouldn't bother if I didn't have these averages I was doing. So I'm, I, sl- <laughs> I slapped a two and a half on it, like dead average. Moved on in my life. Didn't feel worth, like, giving them negative marks, you know? But, like, I don't know. There's nothing to give it higher either, so. Yeah, I I gave them a solid two because <laughs> um, it, I wrote in my notes it was pointless, it was stupid, but it was short thumbs up. So <laughs> Well, two to me so is I'll a bad give, match, so I don't know. Two, yeah, no, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that if it wasn't that, if it was, if it went longer, I would be going less than two. That's fair. Is what I'm saying by that. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's why I'm giving it two because I just can't imagine a you know eight ten minute match between these two teams really doing anything for me. So I think they went the right route with just going let's just do some comedy, let's just do some shenanigans, and let's call it a day, huh? Yeah, it's not not a bad idea. I mean, Chase and Fale, and we'll talk about it, I guess when I get to the team by team. Chase and Fale, the only team in this uh, tournament that I thought just sucked. I mean, you know, they had a couple matches that were fine. But they had a lot of matches I thought were pretty bad. So, you know. Yeah. And I admit, I, I do have a lot of bias against the evil Yu-Gi-Oh! team. But 
Fale and Chase has definitely had the worst of the performances of the two teams. Yeah, I, th- I thought Evo and New Joe were pretty, were fine. I mean, not like, not great, not bad. They were, they, they started out better for me than they finished, honestly, but uh, I thought they were fine. But that was... I think, I think that's fair. I think they did pick up, but, you know, I think they picked up, I don't think they ever picked up enough where I'm like, okay, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, match number three in the best of Super Juniors, Taguchi, Ryusuke Taguchi, defeats Doki in 8.50 with a Dodon. Uh, Taguchi is now 4-5, and five, and Doki drops to 2-7. and seven. Uh, So Doki used his lead pipe on Taguchi's ass before the bell. Uh, yes. The Japanese announcer, I don't know if you're watching Japanese or English, but the Japanese announcer was like, just yelled, home run! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. I mean, again, it makes sense because we're here in the fucking... Uh, Japan Series champions, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the English commentary, um, Chris, and please correct me because I can never say his last name. Is it Charlton? I think it's Charlton, yeah. Charlton. He goes, steel meet steel. <laughs> okay, that's also pretty and, good. And it, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. A lot, of, a lot of comedy lines in wrestling don't land on me, but when he said that, my, I, the chuckle broke out. I'm like, okay, okay, that's, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So Doki kept beating him up on the outside. He sent him crotch first into the post for good measure. Uh, the announcers went crazy for Taguchi uh, finally getting his first tip attack after several counters. And then Taguchi followed it up with a nice Topekan Hilo that got an audible reaction from the crowd. Which, you know, the crowd making any noise with their mouths is now like the new standing ovation. So Right. <laughs> uh, they go back and forth trading counters of ankle locks and... Italian stretches before Taguchi finally catches him with a Dodon. And I believe that's the first pin he's gotten with it in this entire tournament. I mean, all of his wins I can think of were ankle lock or like something with his ass and a sunset flip. So, uh, you know, he teased the Dodon a lot, but I don't think he ever hit it or got a pin with it. He hit it on Hiroma, but Hiroma kicked out. So, yeah, I don't think he ever hit it and got a pin with it. So, uh, but yeah, this is pretty good. It's really nothing. I would say you have to see or anything, but I, I enjoyed enough while it lasted to go three and a quarter. I'm right there with you at three and a quarter, actually, because I thought this was, it was, it was, you know, it was good. Like, like you said, you're not going to go out of your way, but if you did watch the show, you're not going to regret having gone through it. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought Doki, you know, has been pretty consistently entertaining throughout this tournament. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, people who still think he's bad are like the folks that just, I don't know. They have a first impression of a wrestler, and they're never willing to update it because he's improved so much in the past year. Yeah, I never. He's someone I. He's someone I had to update on because when <laughs> I first saw him, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I liked him. I, want... I liked him as like an indie sleaze guy when he first started, but like right. a year and a half later, I think he's just sincerely gotten to be good, like a really good wrestler. So, yeah, he's just someone when he's when when now when his matches are okay, you know, you like it's not like I'm hyped for it, but I'm like. Okay, this this has a chance of being pretty fun. Yeah, uh, he's one of these guys where it's like you, you can see the value of working with a really talented roster for so long. It's just like I don't know, you just get you improve by osmosis or something. Yes. Uh, match number four in the World Tag League: the Gorillas of Destiny defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare. Uh, Tamatanga submitting Hiroshi Tanahashi in three fifty five with a sharpshooter. Uh, this result caused uh, my buddy Quinlan to freak the fuck out. <laughs> he texted me and was like, Gato's not Woody Booker of the year this year. And I was like, okay. He's <laughs> uh, like so angry because Tanahashi tapped out here. Uh, but yeah, apparently Dave Meltzer was also very mad. So the two of them can go start their own uh, We're Mad About Tanahashi podcast. 
but yeah, so G.O.D. advanced to the Tag League Finals. Oh, I guess, really, when they won this match, that was... I thought they still had to wait to, for the more results later. I don't know. Maybe they I just, don't know. Oh, they, I think they just put that here, even if... Because uh, I'm, I'm looking at the New Japan results page. Because Hiromu definitely had to wait, and they put that for Hiromu's too. So, yeah, I think it, they, they both... They had to wait for other results later in the night to confirm, based on tiebreakers and stuff. Uh, but yeah, they, they did. They are in the finals, obviously. But yeah, so that, that match only went 3.55. Um, you know, they attacked Tanahashi and Hanari on the rampway while they were making their entrance. Uh, for God knows what reason, the referee calls for the bell while they're beating on him in the aisleway before anyone's <laughs> even in the ring. I'm like, sir, what? why are you ringing this bell? It's like, if I attack my opponent, like, like what are the limits here? If, they, if I attack them backstage, are you going to ring the bell? Right. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I attack them coming in the building, are you going to, like, what the fuck is the, is the limit here? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm just saying this felt like the ref's like, okay, I'm I'm just not gonna wait for you to get in the <laughs> ring because who knows how long this is gonna take. Yeah, he's like, I we could we've a lot of matches tonight, I guess. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I I don't know if I mentioned their scores by the way. G O D are six and three and Tanashi and Nari are one and eight. Uh but yes, so Tangaloa puts on Hanari's robe while he's out there and goes uh, like, what do you think to the camera? Well, that that was funny. Tongaloa is like the, the delight of this team at this point. Between his his Twitter feed is good, and especially like he's just. I mean, I've talked about this repeatedly on the Patreon, especially like he has really uh, surpassed his brother. I think as far as like their in ring wrestling, like I, he's like a really he's gotten to become like a fun like big hoss type, and he's doing these German suplexes and stuff that you know. He would never do in the past. His lariats have gotten really good. And Tamatanga, meanwhile, continues to be Tamatanga. So Tamatanga has this level that he never tries to go above, and he doesn't go below, just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of... I mean, if, if you were going to ask me to name the most underwhelming members of the roster, there's he would definitely be on the fucking top of that list. So Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so Tanahashi ends up having to tap out to the sharpshooter after Tonga hits him in the leg with the kendo stick. I don't know why they did that result. I assume it's something with Tanahashi's story. Uh, but man, are they really... They're really, I guess, rubbing that uh, Tanahashi's broken down storyline home at this point. I don't I don't know And what they really lingered on Tanahashi for a long time after the match, too. Yeah. You know, wrapping his leg, you know, getting him to the back. I mean, yeah. I honestly thought we'd have some fucking direction for him for Wrestle Kingdom by the end of this tournament. I have no idea what it is still. Yeah, so. and the commentary on the English commentary, you know, they were like even going, "What does Tanahashi do for Russell King?" I'm like, and I'm thinking, that's not my fucking job to figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, um, as far as quick not a match goes, I thought this was worse than the Bullet Club comedy tag from earlier. That was at least funny. This is just nothing, just an angle, really. So I gave it two stars. Yeah, I think I even gave it lower than that. I think I just did one and three, four, maybe one and a half because there, there's just nothing there. Yeah. And I was honestly, the only reason I was really looking for this match is I won another Hanari performance. Yeah, I mean, Hanari's you know, And great. I really didn't get that. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's like, man, you took the one thing I was looking forward to in this match and just wiped it away. I mean, Thank Han- you. Hanari and Tongaloa could have had fun, like, larrying each other and stuff. And uh, yes. we, didn't, we didn't even really get that, so... You know, we just got, like you said, it was more of an angle. And it's an angle that I can't get into because I don't know what we're going to yet. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, they didn't put a time on this match. So that's good. Let me look. Let me try to find it. On, uh, cage <laughs> thanks for making me do. Thanks for making him do more work. <laughs> making, yes, making them do more work, by the way. 
Yeah, them. Thank you. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let me just find Fukuoka. Where the fuck is it? Okay. Uh, so this match was ten minutes and thirty seconds. There you go. Uh, but the as far as the uh, oh god. Okay, now my computer's working out on me. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> it did not like me opening another tab, apparently. It's like, how dare you? Yeah, basically. Uh, but I'm trying to, I'm doing my best to fix it. So, okay. So, this match went, let's see. I just said, went 10.30. <laughs> and so, Hiromu <laughs> won in 10 minutes and 30 seconds with a time bomb, too, uh, to go to 7 and 2. And Watto dropped to 4 and 4 and 5. Uh, but as far as the uh, match itself here goes, I thought this started out really cool. I mean, it started out just kind of like very fast and furious, you know. Uh, definitely one of one of the cooler opening sequences in the entire thing. Like, Watto went right at him at the bell. He, like, slapped him in the face really hard, which I don't know if, like, I could be reading too much into Hiromu's facial expression. I thought it sincerely stunned him. Like, I thought he was not at all prepared for for Master Watto of all people to hit him in the face that hard. I thought he was kind of like, really? <laughs> you're, like, you're, where did that come from? Yeah, that that was definitely the vibe I got when Master Watto did that. Uh, but yeah, so he also drop kicked Hiromu out of the ring. He went for his dive, but Hiromu countered. Now, Hiromu went for the Sunset Flip Powerbomb here. I honestly can't tell if he was supposed to hit it here or if Watto just lost his grip and fell. Because that was the sloppiest Sunset Flip Powerbomb they've ever done. Like, it didn't seem like Hiromu was ready for him to come down. And rewinding right. it, rewinding it, um, I'm almost positive Watto does just lose his grip. But that doesn't mean he was supposed to get hit by it or not. Like, it could, because he's been, Hiromu's been doing the spot where he teases getting the Sunset Flip Powerbomb and doesn't get it a lot. So I don't know if he was supposed to hit Watto with it and Watto just fell too soon, or if he wasn't supposed to hit Watto with it at, at all. And, you know, that was part of the reason why he was so, why Wado was so, like, uh, or why Hormer was so, like, stunned by it, I guess. But Right, they, because Hormer Hummer definitely had an expression on his face, like, um, okay. <laughs> like, and, I didn't see that coming. Wado like, looked like I, he was fucked up. Like, if I didn't know better, you know, I would think Wado was just half-assing a spot, like, if I have to, you yeah. know, but it just, you know, it just came off awkward. Yeah. Is what it ends down to <laughs> i mean if hiromu wasn't if, if the spot wasn't supposed to happen hiromu covered for it well he just like got up and started tossing him into the railing and then he gave him the shotgun drop kick into the railing as well uh later right. on later on he pointed tenzon and did the most over-the-top parody of the mongolian chop that i've ever seen like he it, it was like a work of art honestly like he just kept swinging his arms back and forth over and over and over and over again until Wado finally cut him off with a elbow. It was amazing. Uh, it was like it's just like I rewound this like four times because I was like I couldn't stop watching him swing his fucking arms around. Uh, but yeah, then Wado's kicks looks quite good in this match. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't always the case during this tour, but they 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 definitely looked good here. So, uh, you know, the, the Hormu also took that, like, side driver thing that Wado does, which I keep calling it side driver because I have no idea what it's called. But, Same. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he took it straight down on his neck, 
which first of all doesn't surprise me because it's Hiromu Takahashi, but also made that move look way more devastating than it usually does. It it looked really nice this match. Yeah, looked he hit it. I'm like, I'm like, he hit it. I'm like, you know, if I know he doesn't use it as such, but I was like, man, if you hit it like that, I would totally buy that as an end. Yeah, totally be a be a finisher for sure. Uh, but yeah, Wado just did a good job kicking kicking ass here, which had been a problem in some of his other matches. Uh, right. Hiromu starts throwing all his awesome lariats, which he's somehow become like one of the best lariat throwers in all of wrestling. And he just f- kills Wado at one of them at one point. Like, just, I mean, murders him. Uh, I have to say, like, be, I watched this unspoiled, and Wado rolling Hiromu up out of the time bomb was a real, like, heart in my throat near fall as a Hiromu fan, because that was exactly how I would have expected Wado to win this match if he was getting the big <laughs> upset. And Hiromu kicked out of it at like 2.99999. So uh, that was an incredible near fall, because I was like, fuck, he's really doing this bullshit. But then, no, he kicked out. Uh, but yeah, then Hiromu simply lifts him up afterward, drops him with the time bomb too, and that gets the sudden win. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I'd say... Definitely well below Hiromu's other matches in this tournament. Uh, eh, probably his second best, because the the only other match I went th- three and a half on was Bushi. And I think this was better than the Bushi match, but, you know, pretty much every other match of his I thought was, or every other match of his in this tournament I thought were better than these two. But I can't I can't go any higher than three and a half given the Sunset Flip Powerbomb botch in a match that only went ten minutes. But uh, it was a good showing for Wato. He, yep. other than that spot, I thought his kicks looked good here. Um, you know, he, he definitely had a better showing than he's had on a lot of nights. I mean, I just said what it ranks for me for Hiromu. For Wato, this would be his second best match. I mean, I only went, I went three and three quarters on the show match, three and a half on this, and everything else for him was below three and a half. So, you know, he did not have a great tournament, but at least he closed it strong here, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm probably going a little, just slightly below or three and one fourth. I don't think I bought that roll up as much as you did. <laughs> Um, and I think that might have been my problem with rating this match higher is I never got to the point where I really need that, you know. Like oh, Wado's performance, you got cut Wado's off there for you got cut off there for a second. Sorry, you said you never got the point of. I never got to the point where I felt like Wado had a chance of winning. Gotcha. Um, but I felt like his performance was, you know, other than the powerbomb spot, I thought Wado looked good. Like you said, his kicks this tournament had been iffy at times. Yeah, really Here iffy looked, sometimes. Really iffy sometimes. Yeah, I'm being kind of nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's been times where it's like, sure, go ahead and sell that. But, you know, um, <laughs> but he looked good. And I think three and one fourth is it's a, it's still, you know, it's still. A, you know, at least you ended on a good match. Indeed. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, pr- three, and, three and a quarter to me is like pretty good. And that's yeah. that that wouldn't you know I don't I'm not surprised by that rating for here. I thought it was a little bit higher than pretty good, so three and a half. Um, so yeah, so at this point, Hiromu uh, ha- got to 14 points. He needed help in the next two matches to make the final. He either needed Ishimori to beat Sho, since Hiromu beat Ishimori, but Sho beat Hiromu, or he needed Bushi to beat Desperado if uh, Ishimori lost to Sho since Desperado also beat Hiromu. So basically, he couldn't have Desperado and show as the other two guys with 14 points because they both beat him. Uh, before the intermission, we get the official announcement of Wrestling Dontaku 2021, which is going to be back in Fukuoka next year, May 3rd and May 4th. Uh, it's a very normal stop in New Japan's year. 
that we missed in 2020 due to the COVID shutdown. So that does confirm that New Japan is planning on running a, I would say, relatively normal year next year. I'd expect, you know, New Japan Cup back in March and stuff. Uh, the big question, I guess, will be whether or not they move the G1 to the fall for a second straight year with the Olympics now rescheduled for summer 2021. Uh, I don't. I, I assume we'll maybe hear something about that maybe at the Tokyo Dome, but you know. Yeah, Every, you know everything is just so thrown off still. Yeah. And while next year is going to still be a regular year, there's going to probably still be not a full regular year, but at some point a regular yeah. year, there's still going to be a lot of juggling going around. Indeed. You know, I hope like Dontaku to me could be like, I don't know. It depends on how fast they vaccinate people in Japan. Like maybe Dontaku could be a show where there's cheering allowed. Like to me, that's like the earliest where they might lift the no train restrictions. I would assume yeah. like June or July is more likely. Yeah. But yeah, for me, you know, that's like the um, that's like the change of ad. That's like the change of mood atmosphere signal. Once that's all. And, yeah, I do think some people have underestimated how much of an effect that had. And I do think you'll see a little less negativity on New Japan whenever uh, the crowds go back to normal. Uh, the sixth match here, the great Okan and Jeff Cobb defeating the team of Shingo and Sonata. Jeff Cobb pinning Shingo in 11.46 with the Tour of the Islands. So the Empire team finishes at 5-4, and four, and LIJ also finished at 5-4. and four. Uh, Cobb and Okan attack to start. They dominate early, no pun intended. Uh, Cobb especially like tossed Shingo around in a way very few people typically toss him around in New Japan. Uh, Sonata made a very Sonata comeback. He tied Okan in a Paradise Lock, and then he hit a plancha on Cobb. I was like, wow, that's that's Sonata in a nutshell right there. Uh, presumably all the people who insist that Sonata isn't that over in Japan, against all evidence, like have their TVs on mute and can't hear the crowd clapping as loud as they have all night while he encouraged them because, again, Sonata is very popular. No matter if right, the, the yeah, matter if you the like, listener like that or not, <laughs> like with like for me, like I'm very hot and cold with Sonata, but I can't deny even with my personal hot and coldness that they they want more of him always. Yes. He is a you know? he is a star. They enjoy. Yeah. They love them some Sonata. Uh, this match is you know really good. All action, basically a constant sprint. Uh, Okan takes out Sonata with the claw slam. Shingo nails him with the pumping bomber. Uh, Cobb and Shingo go head to head with elbows. Cobb hits before Cobb hits Shingo with this awesome rebound German. Uh, it's o- so good. That rebound German was awesome, yeah. And then Okan returns, hits Shingo with this great scissors kick, like wipes him out. And then uh, as he's done for, I think every one of their teams wins. He tosses Shingo into Cobb for the tour of the islands, and they get the upset pin which eliminates the LIJ team from making the finals. Um, I thought this was a blast, a lot of fun. As far as the tag team sprint goes, I went three and three quarters. I really like this. Um, I don't know have you, what your rating was. But... Oh, we're, we're on the same boat. I put three and three quarters as well. Yeah. I This was a blast. Yeah. It was just an absolute blast. And, you know, and we get an ending where we now get direction for Shingo and Cobb. Yeah, I was just about to say that Cobb... Cobb getting all the pins on this tour and not taking any of the losses makes a lot of sense now if he's going to be Shingo's next Never Challenger. Uh, I mean, David Finley did pin Shingo too, but I think he'll be busy with the tag titles, so. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Cobb and Shingo. I mean, that sounds great to me, honestly. I'm, I like Cobb a lot more in New Japan since, he, since he's turned and joined the Empire. So Cobb, Cobb's been a lot of fun yeah. in the Empire. He just, and, he, and he's like, his attitude lately just fits. Yeah. 
And, you know, I was all on board when he, when I, when he, I was all on board. In fact, going to this match, I'm going to admit, I was thinking, I really hope Cobb pins Shingo. <laughs> that was my hope for this match. And I got it. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And um, I always forget he's been never champion already because he pinned. I mean, he, he won the title of the show I was at. Uh, when he beat Osprey in that that title for title match, but he he held it so short, you know, for such a short right. amount of time. But yeah, he lost it to Taichi pretty quickly. So I I always forget that he was champion already. But there you go. Uh, our next match: Taiji Ishimori defeating Sho in twelve ten with the Bloody Cross. Uh, so Ishimori goes to seven and two. Sho goes to six and three, and Sho is eliminated. Uh, so Sho starts fast, hitting his drop kick to Ishimori that sends him from the apron to the floor. Uh, but when he goes for his normal follow-up, the soccer ball kick from the apron, uh, Ishimori catches his leg and just, like, throws him down the apron pretty hard instead. They fight up there where Sho almost gets a German suplex, but Ishimori lands on his knees, and then he hits a hard-hanging kick using the top rope and then a sick apron pile driver. Uh, oh, man. I yelled, oh, shit, when he hit that. <laughs> um, it was an oh, shit moment. I mean, it was great. Yeah, yeah I mean... I can be when I get really into a wrestling match. I can get very verbal in my apartment, and when they hit that, I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you know, it was, it was quite the start. I mean, quite the start yeah. of the match. Uh, Ishimori gets the yes lock back in the ring, trying to end this quickly, but Show gets his foot on the bottom rope to force the break, and then Ishimori he hits this crazy sunset flip power bomb at one point. It's like as fast as, as I've ever seen anyone hit that move. It almost made it look like a more like a Canadian destroyer. So that's right. pretty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it would. It was it was pretty boss. It was both men were just on fire this match. Yeah, I agree. And like and, and I think I think Ishimori like not that he personally cares or anything, but it almost felt like so many of us lately have been questioning his abilities. Like, okay, I'll show you. Yeah, you know um, well, that's, that's how he always is. He's like, well, sometimes I'll be great. When I feel like being great, I'll be great. When I don't feel like being great, I'm not going to be great. He's very fortunately in this match, he felt like being great. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so show no sells that sunset flip power bomb. Hits a big rebound German. It leaves both guys down. Uh, and then they counter each other's finishers a few times. Uh, Sho finally hits the cross-armed power driver. But when he goes for the shock arrow, Ishimori gets this like brilliant counter. He gets a front guillotine. He then flips behind Sho. Hits an inverted bloody cross. That's the first time I can ever remember him hitting that. And then he follows up with the real bloody cross. And that gets a very surprising pen. I mean, I was shocked here. I thought... I thought what they were going to do here was, and I talked about this when I on the Patreon yesterday when I laid out what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to have Sho beat Ishimori, and then we would go to that uh, Bushi-Desperado match with Bushi needing to beat Desperado to send uh, his teammate, Hiromu, onto the finals. And instead, what they did was, uh, you know, uh, Ishimori beating Sho eliminated Sho, and sent Hiromu to the finals, because now Hiromu, if what ended up happening did happen, Hiromu, Ishimori, and Desperado all tied with 14 points, you know, uh, Hiromu and Despi both beat Ishimori, so those two would be the finalists. So this this win, Ishimori beating Sho, eliminated Hiromu, kept Ishimori alive. Ishimori would have needed Desperado to lose to Bushi, so now Ishimori was the guy rooting for Bushi. So that was not what I expected to happen, but that's what they did. So I I seriously thought as we got further into this match, that this was going to be show. This was going to be a big show win. Yeah, but yeah. didn't did not end up happening. Sometimes you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess they're saving the Hiromu show rematch for another day. So maybe after the Tokyo Dome. Uh, but there you go. It's uh, Ishimori who needs Bushi to win, obviously, which did not happen. 
as far as the match itself goes, I thought this was a pretty awesome, uh, you know, sprint match here. Definitely the match of the night to this point. I think another match probably topped it later. But uh, this was all action right from the start. Uh, you know, another great sprint on a show full of them. And the closing stretch built really well with all the finisher counters before Ishimori finally had something show wasn't prepared for the inverted bloody cross. So I went, I went four stars flatness. I thought it was awesome. I actually went a little higher because the clo- the closing stretch just bumped it up for me. So I gave it four and a quarter. Well, there you go. Like the yep, it's just that like you know we're talking about that closing stretch. That clo- when that closing stretch hit and just biting on show having the possibility of winning. It was just I was just drawn in. Yeah. You know, and this is just. You know, once again, never, never sleep on very, never sleep on short matches. You know, mm-hmm. this was what, twice 12, was it 12 minutes or something? Uh, this was, I th- let me say, this was, yeah, 12 10. 12 10, you know, barely over 12, and they just went straight at it. Yeah. Used every minute and made it count. I will say, there are some people on the Gravel app that will not give a match under 15 minutes, like more than. I don't know, a lot of them three and a quarter, it feels like. Maybe three and a half, and it's like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> like, I just, I don't really get it sometimes. I think, I, I've, I think I've just been blessed with seeing my share of excellent short matches, where it's yeah. like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love me my, I love me my long epics, but every now and then, just fantastic 12-minute sprint. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, match number eight, back to the World Tag League, the team of the Dangerous Tackers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., defeating the team of Ishii and Yano, uh, Taichi pinning Ishii after the, with Zack Mephisto. Uh, so Dangerous Techers are now 6-3, and three, and Ishii and Yano are now 5-4. and four. Uh, Speaking of excellent short matches, this was awesome. Uh, Yano immediately hits Ishii with a turnbuckle pad by accident, uh, which leads Zack to nearly roll him up for the pen. That was, like, fast and funny. He tries to get the octopus hold, but uh, Yano throws him off. Ishii nails Zack with an elbow from the outside out of nowhere. And then Yano, like, you know, basically uh, trips him up in the ropes. And, or Yano, when Yano trips up in the ropes, I should say. And then Yano nearly rolls him up out, out of that for a two count. Really fun sequence. And there's more stuff going on with all four of these guys than I could possibly recap. They're just going nonstop. Uh, we get this other close near fall where Zack spins Yano into a lariat from Ishii when they're, like, both fighting over a backslide and then backslides him. Which that that was awesome. Oh, you sound like you want to say something. So, sorry, I had to cut out for a moment. Also, sorry. oh, it's okay. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to get back to the opening sequence real quick. You know, this the great thing with sequence got me into this match immediately. Like, just pin attempt after pin attempt is how we started this match, pretty much. Yeah, and it was just it, this was great. Yeah, I thought this was awesome. Uh, Yano tries to wrap Zack up in the apron, but Zack counters and does it to him instead. Nearly gets him counted out. Uh, later on, Taichi pulls out the pants. They go for the holy Zack driver, but Yano runs in out of nowhere and sends them both into the exposed turnbuckle to break that up. And then he holds them for a double lariat from Ishii. We got the, an awesome belly-to-belly from Yano and Taichi. It's almost like a cross between his usual uh, side belly-to-belly and an overhead belly-to-belly. And then Ishii, like, goes to work on him after that and, you know, hits a big lariat for a two count. Uh, Ishii goes for the Brain Buster. Zack runs in out of nowhere, and they go for the Holy Zack driver on Ishii. Yano comes in from behind, tries for a low blow. Zack blocks it with his legs, 
which he you'd think after so many times, Yana would stop trying to lobo Zach. I don't think he's ever been successful. Uh, but I don't know. Can you think of a time where he has? I don't know if I can, but even if he has been successful, Zach has learned. <laughs> you know, Zach is like, no, no, no. And like, Zach will, makes him not pay. Touch, you will not. Uh, you will not touch my penis, sir. That's basically. Yeah. <laughs> and Zach makes Yano pay <laughs> for it too. He does. Uh, Taichi takes Ishii out with a high kick. They give him the Holy Zack Driver just so we get the 10-minute call. Uh, I love the Holy Zack Driver. I might like it more than Zack Mephisto even. And then it just has such a great name too. It's like... I, I agree. I, it, and it always looks... And it usually yeah. looks good. Yeah. I like that. I mean, they're both awesome, both those tag finishers, but I think I like the Holy Zack Driver yeah. slightly better. Uh, they take care of Yano and then they give Ishii the, the Zack Mephisto for good measure and Taichi covers Ishii for the pin. Uh... This is like, they're so happy afterwards. They, like, embrace on the mat after beating their opponents 100% cleanly. They did not cheat once in this entire match. I have no idea how they're supposed to be heels at this point. They're, like, the most likable wrestlers in the promotion. They're just two buddies who, like, love and support each other and are just an amazing tag team. It's like, what what makes them heelish exactly? They're, like, my top (laughs) tag team right now. I just love them so much. Well, they're running away. They're running away in the Omakase Awards, the patron one especially. They deserved, uh, you know, you know singles. They're, they're, you know, I really enjoy them as singles, but as a tag team, they're just, it's just fantastic chemistry. Yeah. You know, everything clicked. They just good to great match after good to great match, and this is no exception. Uh, I guess Zach did kick at Ishii and Yano after, which is not too nice, but I'll let them get away with it. They'll still, they're still baby faces in my heart. So <laughs> chaotic neutral at, at worst, really. Uh, I've seen baby faces do worse. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I do. I, I've argued before that I do think the Empire coming in it makes the alignment chart in New Japan a little more complicated. I do think they are, you know, if you look at like left is pure babyface and right is pure heel, I do think they're going to be to the left of the Empire. So, you know, make Suzuki Goon like the, the new true neutral unit, maybe. Right. Uh, but this was like another awesome sprint on a show full of them. Uh, I'm probably high on this one compared to most people because I, I love the Techers and I like the Ishiyano team. It's an easy four stars for me. Uh, I had a blast with it from the opening bell, and if you have if you like the tornado tag style match, I think you'll love this one too. So, you know, the last match I told you had the closing stretch put it over the top for me. In this match, it was the opening stretch that put it over the top for me because I ended, I landed right on full well actually. Oh, there you go. I thought I'd it be just much a, higher. It, this you know this was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know Yano, I am very <laughs> biased against Yano. I'm not gonna lie. Just, I'm one of those no fun people, I guess. But he really, he really did a lot in this match that really did it for me. Well, he, he, I, I made this argument before on the Patreon. I, I, he, he might be the only wrestler I can think of that worked harder in the World Tag League than G1, because he, he worked his butt off. Yeah, he took more bumps than usual. He tried to keep up with Ishii a little more than he, you often see with this team. Yeah. I mean, he did more like more. He did more real wrestling. Than he normally does. He, he did that belly to belly like a hundred times. Well, he normally does yeah. it like once in a G one. So yeah, th- and I'm willing to put my personal bias aside and just give give Yano his due. He yeah. was good. He was he was really good in this tournament. I think. Yeah. Uh, so now the Techers need to root for Goto and Yoshihashi to win the main event. That's what they needed because they lost to both God and Finjuice, but they beat Goto and Yoshihashi. So if Goto and Yoshihashi had beat Finjuice, it would have been a God Techers final. But of course, that did not happen. Uh, the semi-main event was the t- the final best Super Junior match. El Desperado 
beating Bushi in 1253 with the numero dos. Uh, that's the stretch muffler. So Desperado goes to 7-2. and two. Bushi goes to 4-5. and five. That eliminates Taiji Mori and it makes your best of Super Junior final, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado, which uh, that match of the Budokan, boy, can I not wait for that. Uh, I'm excited. And it makes, I mean, honestly, it makes all of the, like, I know people have hated on New Japan's booking a lot this year. Some of it's very deserved. I mean, the double dome booking, uh, I personally think that's worse than the evil thing. Uh, it seems like the fans of Japan agree. I know, uh, you know, going on kind of a side tangent here, but our voice of wrestling contributor, Griffin, uh, he had pointed out in the Slack the other day that the New Japan Twitter account uh, lost something like, I think, th- oh, 256 followers the Japanese account lost the week of Power Struggle, which I believe it after seeing the backlash on Japanese social media. I mean, wow. for as much as people were angry in the West about evil, I did not see as much backlash about that. There was a little bit of backlash on Japanese social media for uh, the last evil Naito match being announced for Power Struggle. Like people, the Japanese fans didn't seem to like that either. Uh, but they were the Japanese fans were mad because it wasn't Sonata, which you don't see that take a lot in Western uh, New Japan right. Twitter. But the Japanese fans were like, "Well, Sonata beat Naito too, so why aren't we getting Sonata Naito instead of a, a fourth Evil Naito match?" Uh, but other than that, they weren't nearly as negative on the Evil thing. On on this though, I think if anything, they were more negative than the Western Twitter. They were like really mad that Jay beat Ibushi like that, you know, with the feet on the ropes thing, and they were even madder that uh, Jay White gets his title shot on 1-5 and gets to wait for the winner of Naito Ibushi. Because, you know, I think, first of all, I think they think that, that this gives away that Ibushi's going to win. So the Naito fans were mad. The Ibushi fans don't really like it either. They think they think it should be... The, the Ibushi fans seem to think it should have been Ibushi White and the winner gets Naito. So, I don't know. That's That seemed to be what the complaint was. So people were seeing pretty angry. Just a lot of unhappiness over everything about this. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so like there are, there have been some issues with the booking this year, but the point I guess I'm trying to make is the booking with Hiromu and Desperado has been fucking awesome. I mean, people were like, well, why is Hiromu losing all these tag matches to Desperado when they lost that, uh, you know, the junior tag league final and then the junior tag title rematch. And it's like, it was just set this up because now he loses to Desperado again during the rest of Super Junior. So he's gone, you know, basically 0-3 against him and he's lost far more to Desperado than he's won. I mean, they go all the way back to their young lion days, and Hiromu's only won a couple times against him. Uh, once his young lions, compared to like something like fifteen wins for Desperado, and you know Hiromu retained the junior title against him back in twenty eighteen when Desperado beat him in the Best of Super Junior. But other than that, Desperado's kind of owned him, so right. it's all setting up a Best of Super Junior final with these two, you know, generational rivals came up together as young lions, had very similar paths going to Mexico, uh, and now they're going to meet at the Nippon Budokan in the Best of Super Junior Final. That's awesome. I, I can just tell how excited you are for this. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think it's, you know, it's one of these things where I think, you know, you, you should give New Japan their due because they've gotten a lot of shit this year. A lot of it deserved. But th- here, I mean, I think the booking of Hiromu and Desfi has been pretty much perfect. So It's a case where they've planted a lot of seeds and just took their sweet-ass time watering it so exactly. it can grow. Like no one, no one could have guessed when that those two junior tag losses happened that it was going to lead, I think, to a best of super junior final. So, especially the first one. So I think it definitely did work out. Uh, as far as the match here, uh, Bushi seemed a little more fired up than usual for this tour, which Thank I guess goodness. I guess makes sense since he's in a in the last tournament match here. 
yeah. I wrote I wrote in my notes Desperado Bush semi main divide finals. What a choice. Yeah, it's a, it, was, it was a choice. Uh, yeah. He hits Desperado with his big DDT on the apron. He followed that up with two straight topes to the floor. Both are pretty nice. Uh, and Bushi also gets points for being perhaps the first person who's ever watched tape on a Desperado match before because he was actually ready for the spot where Despy threw him in the ref and then went for the big punch. <laughs> Which is like, I don't know how he always gets everybody with that, but Bushi turns around and countered immediately uh, with an Enzigiri. So that was cool. Drunk his big brain juice. Indeed. Uh, Bushi, though, does eventually submit to the stretch muffler, uh, gives Desperado the win, and there you go. Uh, I, went, I thought this was good. I mean, it, it was a little below some of the other matches on this on this show for me. Uh, I went three and a half, but I'd probably be the weakest three and a half star match. I mean, the way they structured this felt a little anticlimactic to me, because it's like once Ishimori beat show, I had almost no doubt that Desperado was winning here and giving us a Hiromu Desperado final. Hiromu Ishimori, Hiromu Ishimori just made no sense as a final because A, Hiromu already beat him in the in the Best of Super Junior, and B, uh, you know, they're probably going to have that match again at the Tokyo Dome. So it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, but, I went I went slightly lower, three and, three and a quarter. Yeah. Just, I never hit, because like you said, I, I was so confident Desperado was winning that I never bought into Bushi victory yeah. moments. Which, if Bushi had won, probably would have actually bumped this up because I would have been off guard. Yeah. As weird as that may sound, but um. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I think, I think being the semi-main of the evening, Bushi worked, you know, as hard as Bushi does work. Yeah. Um, you know, I I admit sometimes I think in my reviews I cut Bushi more slack slack than others, but I'm like in no doubt that he's not. That there's a ceiling with Bushi. Yeah. And he I, never really cracks it. I mean, I think so, he... I don't know. I thought this tour was, like, worse than his last few best of Super Juniors. I don't know. He didn't seem like he was trying that hard. But... Yeah. Like I said, there's just a ceiling. And he... Not only does he rarely crack it, but it doesn't seem like he's often trying to crack it. It's like, yeah, this is this point. is where I'm at, and I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the main event of the evening, the World Tag League. Finn Juice, defeat Goto Nochihashi. Juice pinning Goto in 1550 with the Pulp Friction. So that one puts Finn Juice at 6-3 and three and drops Goto and Yoshi to 5-4. and four. And that also means that the finals are Finn Juice and G.O.D. Since all three of those teams, along with the Techers, have 12 points. But Finn Juice and G.O.D. both beat the Techers. So that is your World Tag League final. Definitely not as exciting, as we said earlier, as the best of Super Junior final. But we'll have to wait and see what kind of match they can produce there. Um, I'm, I, I like half of the tag team finals. Exactly. Um, well, I would say even three quarters. It's really Tama. It's the only one I fucking can't stand. Yeah, you know, that, that's fair, <laughs> but I'm just going to go with half for now. But maybe maybe when I watch that main event and three of them put in the work and then Tama just like, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> I'll be like, nope, nope, three-fourths is correct. He, they were absolutely right on this. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this is another match that starts out with all action. Both teams just going back and forth like crazy for the first 10 minutes. Uh, Finn Juice ends up working over Yoshihashi for a while. Uh, Yoshi does make his own comeback just for the 10-minute spot or 10-minute mark. He, like, tosses Juice into Finley in the corner with an arm drag. A pretty great-looking spot. Uh, Goto and Yoshi then hit, like, a brutal-looking GYR on Finley. I still don't understand why that's the setup move. And the GYW is the tag finisher. Because that's so vicious. Yeah, and it's the reverse for Goto by himself. I mean, the GTR is the finisher, and the GTW is the setup. 
So why when they do it together, it's the GYR the setup and the GYW the finisher. The GYR looks fucking more painful than the GTR, I think. So it's it, some... I, I'm I'm right there <laughs> there with you. It's just like oh gosh, <laughs> it's like slamming this guy down to his knee. Jeez. Uh, they eventually do hit the GYW on Juice. That could have been the finish, but Finley flies in out of nowhere to make a last minute save. Uh, Finley gives Goto a superplex that results in like one of the bigger bounces I think I've ever seen. Like he, this man, I mean Goto's not a small man, and he no. hits the mat and just fucking bounces straight up, and then Juice comes flying out of nowhere off from flying from off screen with a top this rope tag splash. This move was awesome. Yeah, a top rope splash for a close two count. Great sequence. I love this. Was, that was probably my favorite sequence in the whole show, just because of how well it. Just how amazing it looked from the suplex to the jump. Yeah. And, you know, I would totally, I would love that as a finishing sequence, honestly, because it just looks so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Finley gets shoved off the top rope. Like, looks like he landed really hard in the railing. Like, the camera, like, did catch his landing, and I was like, wow, that looked like it sucked. Uh, Juice tries to give Yoshi the, the pulp friction anyway, but then he gets super kicked by super kicked by Yoshi right into the Godo Nishiki that roll up he does. Very close near fall. Helps the Godo has pit In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10% off 
your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed by the professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door people with this on this tour i think uh it gets an audible crowd reaction uh we get the 15 minute call as juice counters the shoten kai by pushing goto into a stunner from finley and then juice hits goto uh with the pulp friction uh for the pin so always always surprising to see goto get the get pinned when yoshi is there but you know uh and yeah then god jumped them right after the match of course like juice gets the mic and just yells fukuoka and then he immediately gets jumped and Tom, it gives him the gunstone, and Tonga beats Finley down. Uh, but yeah, this was an awesome way to end a very good World Tag League. Four stars from me. All action for 15 straight minutes. Two great teams here. So uh, I enjoyed this a ton. This this was this was a great main event. I def I was right. I'm right there with you at four stars. Um, 
just like all action, all four worked hard. This was the I was actually the most looking for two on the show and delivered for me. Yeah. Um. Um. I'm both of these teams were teams I think in my preview I gave I think I gave one a likely chance and one a um. I forgot what the terms, but you know, like I didn't say they would do it, but I wouldn't be surprised either. Mm. Chance. Yeah. Um. I just thought I thought highly of both of these teams going in and. I've been. I wrote a whole article on Yoshi Hashi, Hashi month ago and give him respect. So, needless to say, I've been all on board with the team. This yeah. was just a great match. They, you know, and then the, and I never even got settled in to listen to Juice because I knew what was about to happen. It's like they're coming. So, like, I never even waited to hear what Juice was getting ready to say. It's like any moment now. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's God. <laughs> uh. So the. Overall, I thought this was a really pretty damn great show. Um, the big surprise for me was the World Tag League, I think, had a better night than BOSJ. Uh, you know, BOSJ seemed to peak on night seven and eight, which were awesome standalone shows. I had my two favorite matches of the tournament with uh, Hiromu against Sho and Taguchi. But, you know, the World Tag League here, I, I thought outshined them on the last night, which was surprising. Uh, you know, both tournaments were damn good, though, overall. The, the BOSJ had more high-end matches overall, too. But, like, I thought, the, I thought the Tag League really, you know, put up a surprising showing here. I mean, really, uh, not just on this show, but the whole tour. I thought they, you know, I was worried when they announced this tour that the Tag League was going to, like, you know, get outshined to such a degree that it would look stupid. But I thought the Tag League was a lot of fun, so. I thought, thought a lot of these teams came to wrestle and came to, you know, put on a good tournament. Yeah. And, you know, some... You know, obviously there were standouts and not in the best way on both tournaments, but as far as the World Tag League is concerned, I thought every everyone for the most part worked hard and we, we good as a tournament as I think as we could have ended up with the World Tag League. And I mean that in a very positive and not a backhanded way. Yeah. You know, um I really enjoyed the World Tag League and I knew I was gonna watch the real real turf real tag league because I can't stop myself from watching more wrestling. But I wasn't like expecting to enjoy it it's like okay i'm gonna watch it i'll review a few shows and then probably wonder why i spent <laughs> a month doing that but no i legitimately enjoyed this tournament and i'm gl- and i'm i'm hoping it can end on a high note yeah i feel like this tournament deserves a high note i mean like i when i first you know came up with the idea of doing the three on the patreon i was definitely worried about the one tag league uh but it really hasn't been a problem the problem's been the do as we'll talk about uh unfortunately but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the other two tournaments have been great here. Uh, the final standings here. The best of Super Junior. Uh, El Desperado finishes first, 7-2, 14 points. He has a tiebreak on Hiromu, who finishes second, also 7-2, 14 points. Uh, Ishimori finishes third, 6-3. and three. And then Sho, 6-3 and three as well, but Ishimori beat him, obviously. Uh, Wato and Bushi, I don't remember. Oh, well, we got like a four-way tie anyway. So Wato, Bushi, Taguchi, and Eagles, all 4-5 and five for 8 points. And then Doki, 2-7 and seven for 4 points. Urimura, 0-9. Oh uh, your World Tag League standings, we have Finn Juice in first, 6-3, and because they did beat G.O.D. 6-3 uh, with 12 points. G.O.D. second, 6-3. and three. Dangerous Techers in third, also 6-3, and three, but lost to both teams. Then you got another big tie here, Ishii and Yano, Sonata Shingo, Godo Noshihashi, and Okan and Cobb, all 5-4. and four. Uh, All finished with a winning record. Then Evil and Yujiro, uh, or actually, no, then Fowley and Chase, 3-6, and six, uh, and then Evil Yujiro, because they lost to Fowley and Chase here, both 3-6. and six. And then last place, 
but first place in our hearts, I think. Tanashi and Anare, one and eight. Your your winners to me. <laughs> your winners to me. Which obviously means more than winning the tag league, of course. Indeed. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'm going to do here is give my final uh, average star ratings for both leagues, which we'll see if you want to jump in and say, basically, uh, if you agree with any of these ratings or you think somebody should be higher or lower, let me know. Uh, right. I, I mean, I disagree with my own rating here with one of them. So, uh, 10th place, I have Master Watto and Super Junior, 3.08. Uh, Watto tried. This is the nicest thing I can say. Congratulations <laughs> on making it over the three-star mark, though. Yeah, he did get over three. I mean, he had a really good match at show, uh, three and three quarters. That really helped him. Uh, you know, the Hiromu match, three and a half. And then a lot of stuff that was, like, fine or pretty good. But, you know, some stuff that was not good at all, which was Doki and Taguchi. Uh, and Bushi. But, you know, he just, he tried. He wasn't awful all the time. Uh, he, he, you know, he wasn't, wasn't too bad, I guess. Like I said, 3.08 is not awful. Just really, uh, it, I was hoping to see more from him, I will be honest. But, uh, you know. And I think we're really at the point where we start seeing more from him. Yeah, he's he's really, you know, the kicks can can look killer on one night and then look bad on another night and... You know, that dive he does, that spinning dive, he'll, some nights he'll hit it great, and other nights it looks like he overshoots the guy and almost kills himself. Uh, he, he, he does, like, he has a tendency to botch little moves that, uh, you know, other guys in New Japan don't have a tendency to botch. But, again, I don't think he's been bad. I mean, there's still something there, and the crowd seems to like him, you know, to a certain degree. But, I don't know. I mean, people seem like to act like the big problem with him is the gimmick. I don't think it's the gimmick or the look or anything. I think he just needs to get better at just, like, not fucking up basic moves sometimes. And, you know, not having awkward spots and not, like, you know, he, he just has a tendency to mess up. And I don't I don't know what blue hair would have to do with that, honestly. Right. Yeah. Look looks just a completely different argument. Yeah. If you don't like the look, you don't like the look. But wrestling can at times overcome to look. The wrestling, though, is just not there at the moment. Uh, ninth place, Bushi, 3.17. Uh, you know, he didn't try that hard. I mean, that's what it comes down to with Bushi. He had a lot of perfectly fine matches, a lot of pretty good matches. Uh, really didn't peak that high for me, other than, uh, you know, the match with Doki, I went three and three quarters on. That was his highest rated match. Uh, you know, the only match of his I thought were, like, not good were the Watto match and the Uemura match. Uh but the rest of it was, like, you know, fine, pretty good. A couple good matches with Desperado and Hiromu. Uh, but, you know, the Hiromu one was really disappointing to me. Like, I really thought that would be higher than three and a half. So, you know, he was he was fine. Again, another one. 3.17 to me almost looks higher than it should be. But uh, he was fine. Is this, the, is this the one you disagree with? No, the next. <laughs> it's coming up next. Okay. Yeah, Bushi. Bushi gets a participation award. He showed up. He put in his time and... Then he left. You know, uh, that, that's okay. how it goes for me. Yeah. Eighth place, Doki, 3.42. This is the one I really disagree with. Because it's like, poor Doki gets dragged down by the fact that I thought he and Ishimori had a pretty bad match. And I, I don't know if Ishimori just wasn't trying that day or what. And then he and Watto had a, you know, not a good match either. Uh, so poor Doki's average gets dragged down. But I thought Doki was great. I mean, if I was going to go off the top of my head and name my top four wrestlers, he would probably come in fourth. So to have him down here in 8th is a little painful. But as someone pointed out to me on Twitter, uh, like from 8th to 4th, is very li- there's very little difference. There's a big gap from 9 to 8, and there's very little difference in my scores from 8 to 4, and another big gap from 4 to 3. So he easily could have finished 4th. He just finished 8th. So what are you going to do? 
I think with Doki, the key is all his good outweighed the bad that wasn't his fault. Indeed. Uh, seventh place, a tie with Yuya Uemura and Ryusuke Taguchi, both at 3.47. Uh, Uemura was awesome. I mean, he just had tons of great matches in this tournament. Uh, Taguchi, I didn't think Taguchi was as bad as some people were saying throughout the tournament, but then he he really wasn't peaking high for me either. But that match with Hiromu was fucking awesome. I mean, I went four and a half stars on it, so that really brings his average way up. Uh, and, you know, overall, I didn't love his tournament. I didn't hate his tournament like some people did either. But, I mean, when you when you have the best match of the entire tournament, like I thought he did with Hiromu, that's going to help your score a lot, obviously. So, there you go. And his, his match with Hiromu was really, was great. So... You know, I wasn't. I was one of those who was not that big on Taguchi throughout. But when he had a good match, he had a good match, and the Himaru match was, like we just said, great. I didn't like it as much as you, but I still loved it. Yeah. Uh, fifth place, Taiji Ishimori, three point five three. Another guy that like has a tendency to show up some nights and not other nights. But I thought he showed up more than he didn't. Honestly, um, the only matches of his, I, the only match of his I didn't like at all was the Doki match, which he really did not show up for at all. But, uh, you know, I thought, like, everything else was either pretty... He had a bunch of three-and-a-quarter-star stuff, uh, Wato, Taguchi, and Bushi. And then, you know, three three matches for me at four stars. Uh, Uimura, I loved that match. Sho, I loved that match. Desperado, I loved that match. And then a four-and-a-quarter-star match for the Romo. Uh, you know, three-and-three-quarters for Eagles, almost four. So I thought Ishimori had a great tournament. Yeah, Ishimori had a good tournament. Um, I really don't... Ishimori's won... I feel bad because Izumo was one of those guys that I don't have a lot much to say about because it's like, yeah, he had a good tournament. Um, He had some great matches. Um, not much more to add to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robbie Eagles in fourth at 3.58. Uh, again, just a ton of great matches. Really nothing bad at all. Uh, you know, his Aroma match was the best match of the tournament. He had a bunch of three and three quarter star stuff with Sho, Ishimori, Desperado, uh, and like I said, four and a quarter with Hiromu. Just a, you know, nothing below three and a quarter. Great tournament for Eagles. Oh, Eagles is one of those wrestlers I always feel bad about because I'll see him in real life and know he's great. You know, like, I instantly recognize he's great. But then I don't see while and I kind of forget. And he appears in this tournament and it's like, oh, no. No, no, no. Eagles is freaking fantastic. And he had a fantastic term. His match with Hemmer was my personal favorite. Um... Just I just was I just sunk into the match, and I think part of it was because I was rooting for Eagle so hard. I just want Eagles to get this big win that I knew deep down he wasn't going to get, but that didn't stop me from rooting for it, and he made me buy it a few times. Yeah, and I loved that match. Just this was just a great match for Eagles, and I really just want to see more Eagles because this was just a fantastic favorite performer in this tournament. With the option of one man who's coming up soon. <laughs> third place, El Desperado, 3.78. Actually, I would flip third and second here if I was doing it off the top of my head. But this is where Desperado landed. Uh, you know, just a ton of awesome stuff here. Doki, uh, four stars. Ishimori, four stars. Sho, four stars. Hiromu, four and a quarter. Uh, you know, Taguchi, three and three quarters. Eagles, three and three quarters. Just nothing below. Only one match at three and a quarter. A couple of three and a half. Just awesome stuff from Desperado. Uh, you know, just a, a a guy that was just fucking. I mean, he deserves his spot in the final. He was awesome all tournament. So, yeah, it's a minor disagreement. Desperado and Eagles would probably be switched on my personal list, 
But that doesn't take away from Desperado having a great tournament because he really did. And I think people keep sleeping on him need to stop, need to wake up because he is just putting in great work. And then show in second place at 3.86. I thought show was the biggest revelation this whole tournament. I mean, you know, he's a guy that I never have, I've always liked, but never loved. And I thought he just took a big step in this tournament. I mean, what New Japan is lacking is people who wrestle like he does right now. I mean, they need more guys who are going to go out there and do submissions. We're going to go out there and mat wrestle. We're going to go out there and, you know, do stuff that it, that looks, you know, like snug and realistic and good. Doesn't involve guys with rope wires or anything. Just great wrestling. That's what he brought here. I mean, there's only one match at three and a quarter with Bushi. Uh, a ton of stuff at three and three quarters. Wato, Taguchi, Eagles, uh, Doki. And then four-star matches with Ishimori and Desperado. And then that, the match with Hiromu that I absolutely loved and went four and a half on. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a, a junior feud, you know, a junior rivalry to go in, way into the future. So, Sho and Hiromu, uh, that was a, one, the second best match of the entire tournament. Uh, definitely helped Sho's rating here at 3.86. But, uh, you know, I thought he was just had an outstanding tournament. Sho had a great tournament. And I will never say no to more submission wrestling yeah. ever. I I I mean I'm I'm captivated by submission wrestling, especially when it's done well. And Show can do it well. Show just does the like you said, he can just do the mat. He does the submissions. You know, he can mix it up. You know, sometimes he stands on and a roster of people who are always trying to do moves that stands out. He just stands out from doing great wrestling. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think we need more. I think we need more of that. You know, I think I just. It was. I'm sorry, his tag team partner got injured and has to be out for a while. But I really think it's helped show. Yeah, and I want. I can't wait to see what Yo does when he comes back too. But I think they they should stay as singles guys at this point. Uh, number one, obviously, Hiromu Takahashi with a four point oh eight. Uh, you know, I, the lowest rated match I had was this match we had with Wato at three and a half, and the Bushi won three and a half. Uh, after that, Uemura three and three quarters, and then everything else four and a quarter or better. Doki four and a quarter. Desperado, four and a quarter. Ishimori, four and a quarter. Eagles, four and a quarter. Show, four and a half. Taguchi, four and a half. He just had an amazing tournament. I mean, I think he put together, uh, like, he basically just padded his resume here to the point where I just cannot see voting against him for most outstanding wrestler. I mean, that's where I am with Hiromu at this point. I think he just had an amazing tournament that put him over the top here for the best wrestler in the world in 2020. If anyone has an argument against them being number one and best of Super Junior, I'll listen, but I will not agree by any stretch. Yeah, because there's there's just no competition. Number the gap between one and two to me is not like large, large, but it's solid. You know, like there's just no question to me he got number one. He has my favorite match in the tournament. He has my second favorite match in the tournament. If I went down the list, he probably has my third. You know he. He had, my, just, he had my top six, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he was, like you said, he was outstanding. He was, a, you know, this is a cliche, but I got to say, he was on another level. Yeah. Um, Just, just awesome. And I have no qualms of him winning outstanding wrestler because, and he. It's him, for me, it's either him or, uh, or uh, Kitamiya in, uh, or not Kitamiya, Kiyomiya in, in Pro Wrestling Network. I took Kiyomiya. Yeah, so. And I need to watch more Noah before I can make that you know, back and forth argument, but he, he just had a great tournament and I have no doubt he is going to, 
go in there with Desperado. And Desperado, too. I don't want to, you know, sell him sword. I have no doubt they're going to go all out and try to put on a great final. Yeah. Uh, the World Tag League average star ratings here. I'll try to go a little quicker here for the Tag League. Uh, probably not as much to talk about. Folly and Chase, last place, 2.28. I mean, they were fucking terrible. I don't really have much. I mean, like, they had... <laughs> that, that That just sums it up. Terrible. I mean, Fale looked as bad as he's looked in his entire New Japan career. Just didn't do anything. And Chase is not nearly good enough to make up for that. So they were the only team to get under two stars for me, and they got it three times. So uh, they were wow. fucking. They were fucking horrible. Yeah, the Ishi I mean, Yano match I hated, the Okan Cobb match I hated, and the God match one and a quarter was the lowest rated match in the tournament by far. So, and it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, and bad luck follows name sums up. Bad's in his name because <laughs> bad. Luck's in his name because you'll be luck, lucky if you get a good match. And Folly has nothing to do with the other two. It's just bad. <laughs> uh, in ninth place, Gorillas of Destiny, 2.64. Um, I mean, they really weren't that good. Their their highest rated match was against Sinat and Shingo, three and three quarters. Uh, they had a, a couple pretty bad matches against Ishii and Yano. Folly and Chase, uh, Okan and Cobb wasn't good either. Uh, Finn Juice wasn't that good. Tana Hanari was bad also. There's a lot of bad stuff, so that's why they're under three stars here. Uh, you know, I, I like Tonga Loa. I mentioned that before. Tama Tonga really just can get in the fucking bin at this point. You know, it, it just gets to a point with a wrestler, and there's other wrestlers that fall in this category, but I'm not going to list it because that's not the topic that... You wait. You wait for them to. You wait for them to improve and be better and be the wrestler they're supposed to be. You just wait for it. But then eventually, the point was like, no, you're 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 just bad. Yeah. There is no improvement. There is no getting better. Just you've hit your level, and we're not going to do any better with you. And God here, very un. I'm. Gonna, I mean, underwhelming is a nice way of putting it. Um, it's very underwhelming this term, especially for a finalist. Yeah. And especially you know, and I've seen. On my personal opinion, I've seen G.O.D. matches I've liked, but they're so few and far behind that for all their success in success, it really isn't that memorable or good of a team. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, they're like really strangely over in America with New Japan fans, and I've never been able to figure out why. They're just not very good. And I'm not going to lie. When I saw them live, I got swept up because all the – Everybody around me is going crazy, so I get swept by the energy and go crazy, you know. And then I leave. I'm like, did I just go crazy for God? <laughs> I don't really get it. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't get it either. But I'm not gonna lie that. But I've been there in person and heard it, so yeah. it's the truth. Tied for eighth, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb and Evil and Yujo Takahashi, both at three point oh eight. Um, so we're we're out of bad here. These two teams I thought were pretty, you know, fine. Uh, Okan and Cobb, I I feel like I enjoyed them more than the ranking here. They just had a lot of matches where, you know, they just wasn't they didn't do a, lot, a whole lot. Like they squashed Tanahashi and Inari, so I had to give that two and a half. Uh, the God match I didn't like that much. Folly Chase were drag, dragging them down, but I love their match with the Tekkers on this show. Went four on that, you know, three and three quarters against Tanahashi Shingo. A whole bunch of three and a half star matches that were good. So you know, I like the tournament. Evil and Yujiro, uh, they were like the three and a half star masters. And you know three and a quarter, uh, they hit that. They hit those two ratings a lot. They never got above three and a half, but I thought they were pretty good. So I wasn't as into evil and usual as you were, but at the same time, I look at the bottom teams in the list and I can't move them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, but but they were fine. I can't really find any real major complaints. Um, 
Cobb or Cobb or Khan, I get caught off guard. I mean, you explain it well, but I caught off guard on their low star room because I really enjoyed them a lot more than the star rating shows. Yeah, I, I thought they were a really fun team, and I'm really like he's still a work in progress, you know. And I gotta remind myself of that, but I'm really getting more into Okan now than I did when he first yeah popped in I months think, ago. I think Okan looks great now, so I totally agree. You know, it's amazing. You know, this is why you can't just count appearance in wrestling because when Okan changed his work, it started click. Not his work, his look. It started clicking with me more. It's like, okay, now I now I can get into Khan. Yeah, I like it a lot better than the poofy pants. Yes. Uh, sixth place, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano, three point eleven. Um, you know, I thought they 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 peaked very high for me. They had a four star match with Tanahashi and Anare, four star match with Goto and Yoshihashi, and four stars with the Techers. But then they also had some lows. Uh, Fale Chase, uh, one and a half. Evil Yujiro, two stars. G.O.D., two and a quarter. So that kind of stuff dragged them down. But I, I like their tournament. I think they're, they had a, you know, they were a feast, and fa- feast or famine team. But when they were really good, I thought they were really good. Yeah, um, I really love Ishii. Ishii's one of my personal favorites. And I'm still mad I haven't seen him in a one-on-one match yet. Um, Yano, he's... I don't need to go over my not being a fan of Yano anymore. I'm just not. But tag team, it works. Sometimes people you don't like as a singles, you put them in a tag team, you start enjoying them. And that's what I do with this team. Yeah. So I thought it was a fine tournament. Uh, fifth place, Tanahashi and Toranari, 3.14. So not that far above 3.11 there. But, you know, they had a couple of awesome matches with Ishii and Yano and with the Techers. Uh, they had some, uh, you know, a few... Just like a two-star two match for G.O.D., two-and-a-half for Okan and Cobb, Folly and Chase. Uh, a couple three-star matches at Goto Yoshihashi and Evil Yujiro. But, uh, you know, overall, they, they, they had more good than bad, I think. Um, you know, they, it's hard to tell, really. I mean, I did not expect them to finish one win, so that was pretty shocking to me. And, you know, they the, their lack of success uh, in, in kayfabe you know, almost seems like it held them back a little bit in a weird way because it's like it was impossible to get behind them and like really care about these matches because you knew they were probably going to lose. But uh, which it just feels different than with a young lion like Rimura where it's like, oh, come on, kid, get your first win. Here it's like, uh, what are we doing with Tanahashi here? (laughs) I mean, what is the storyline for Russell Kingdom? I don't really get it. But, you know, uh, I like the team though. I think they deserve their spot in the top five even though there's a big gap here between five and four. Yeah, I, I had fun with Tanahashi and Hanari. And one of the big reasons is Hanari. Yeah, he was um, awesome. He was one of my favorite individual performers in the World Tag League. I just loved him. I thought I thought he stepped up. I thought he was on fire. I thought he carried the load, which for the story purposes, he had to. Yeah. And, you know, just even though I knew it wasn't happening, rooted for him to get those wins so bad. Yeah. It's like. Come on, just like prove me wrong. Go to two. Go go to two and eight. Please don't be one and nine. Please don't lose the God. Oh damn. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but him in general pumped this team up for me. Fourth place, Goto Noshihashi with a three point three six. They were again. They peaked with a four star matches against Finjuice and Ishii and Yano. Uh, really didn't have the lows of the other teams. Their lowest matches, uh, two and three quarters for Fale and Chase and. You know, they had a bunch of three-star stuff. So, you know, just good, solid work out of these two throughout the entire tournament. What you what you would expect, I think. Yeah, solid work. You know, good chemistry. They're, they, they've they proven they can work together well by this point, so it's not that shocking. So, yeah, I, I love their tournament. 
third place, Finn Juice, 3.44. Again, uh, just nothing bad, really, other than uh, they got dragged down by fucking Folly and Chase at two and a quarter. But everything else, uh, four stars are good in Yoshihashi, four again with Sonata and Shingo, four again with the Techers, bunch of three and a half star matches, just a ton of good stuff here. Uh, definitely had a uh, real good tournament and, you know, reminded me how good of a team they were because, you know, they, we didn't see them for like nine months or something. So, you know, they definitely definitely great to have them back. I'm glad they haven't missed a beat yeah. as a team. Um, Finley was and awesome. Finley, like, Finley was yeah. awesome. I, I Finley, Finley, it brings him just to bring physical appearance for a moment. Finley looks great. Yeah. I mean, Finley he's looks he's great. Like, he's, he's wrestling lost, great. He's lost weight and like changed his tights and stuff. He just looks great, you know, from physical, from appearance, from his wrestling. Finley was just awesome. And I'm, and they're a fun team to root for. They're just easy to get behind. They're likable. They age the crowd. And I have no, I don't really have any major negatives. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think they were great. Uh, and, you know, Juice, Juice, a lot of people said he's hit his ceiling and stuff. But, like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not. I'm not super convinced. <laughs> I think he he can maybe you know still do something more in the singles division at some point. But Finley, I I buy the idea that Finley uh, might have more long term potential because he he definitely looks like he's coming into his own here. Uh, second place, Shingo and Sonata, three point six seven. Uh, almost no difference between second and first here. But these are like the these are the top two teams in this tournament. Sonata and Shingo. I mean, look. I like both these guys, so I'm not super surprised that they've worked well together. But even for my expectations, they've worked better than I thought they would. Like, they just complement each other really well. You know, you have Shingo to run around and throw all these pumping bombers and Sonata to do his dives and his moonsaults and his dragon sleepers. And for some reason, that that, that partnership really clicks. I think I might like it more than Sonata and Evil, honestly. And I, and I like that team. But this team just has, like, a surprising amount of chemistry. Their whole... Their whole stick with like the the fiery Shingo and the reserve Sonata really really works and maybe works better than like two reserved guys I guess in Sonata and Evil. So I thought this was great and I thought the they had a great tournament. You know, multiple four star matches again with uh, Finn Juice and the and the best match of the tournament against the Dangerous Techers, uh, which I went four and a quarter on. But you know, just a outstanding team. A lot of three and three quarter stuff, you know, a lot of three and a half. Nothing they they got the best match out of Fowley and Chase in the entire tournament at three and a quarter. So that probably helped their average a lot too. But uh <laughs> but yeah, this was this was a this was a great team and they had a great fucking tournament. Great tournament and I I just love them as a tag team. Shingo is one of my favorites of this year of twenty twenty. Um I'm just really behind Shingo this year and like I said, Sonata runs hot and cold, but I find it when you tag team I I'm usually enjoying Sonata consistently. What it is, but tag teams can make all the difference for sometimes. And just a great tournament. Deserves to be number two, but number one is number one's pretty easy. Yeah. Dangerous Techers, 3.69. Uh, again, just they did everything in this tournament. I mean, look, they would go up against all these other heel teams. They would work babyface. Taichi got choking over as a babyface spot. In multiple matches. He would come come in and do choking comebacks. And the crowd would like clap really loudly and get very excited. So, I mean, when you can get choking over as a babyface spot, that's impressive. And that's how over these guys are right now. Uh, you know, they had four four-star matches for me. Uh, with Tana Hanare, Finjuice, Ishiyano, Okan Cobb, 
four and a quarter with Shingo Sonata. So five four-star plus matches overall. Uh, a couple matches of three stars with uh, G.U.D., Folly Chase, and then three and a half against Goto and Yoshihashi. So, you know, just they, they carried this tournament. Uh, I mean, along with Sonata and Shingo, those two teams really brought the high-end stuff to this tournament and really, like, you know, made this a, a tournament well worth watching. So that was a, a great performance by Dangerous Tackers. To me, solidified the Tag Team of the Year uh, resume because I don't really think there's anybody that close. So Tag Year for me also, and I'm not number one for that very reason. There's, there's just everything I want in the Tag Team, and it showcased this tournament. Yeah, for sure. So, we can wrap things up here for this segment, at least, for the New Japan segment. Again, I will be back right after a brief little interlude here with a solo DDT review. Uh, Jerry, before you sign off, would you like to plug your Twitter or anything? Yes, I'm on Twitter, underscore Jerry. Uh, so, you broke up and, there one, one more time. Okay, um, I'm Twitter at, at Jerry, underscore Jerry. Okay, I think you broke up there a second time when you... I don't know what's Man, going on. They don't want me to. They don't, they don't want you to plug your Twitter. <laughs> it's like, no. Okay, let's try. J- underscore Jer. I'll put it in the bio. Because every time you say. I know what you're trying to say is. I think Jarius underscore Jer, right? Yeah. And I don't know why I'm breaking up. I'm sorry. Every time you say Jarius, you break up. It's amazing. But yes, it'll be in the, in the bio as well. Uh, of it's course, like I'm getting scared. It's like press the button now <laughs> yeah you have some voices of wrestling articles too of course up there lots of columns yes i write a lot of voices of wrestling so read them like them disagree with them but like them <laughs> yes, there you go all right folks so in the in a brief moment here through the magic of audio i'll be back with my ddt do night five review or no night six whichever night it is night six so i will see you in a second uh thank you again for coming on jerry You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. folks uh we're back here for the second half or not second half because i guarantee you the first part's going to be a lot longer but the second part of the show uh we're going to talk about the ddt do night sex and by we i just mean me because uh it is just me this has happened before on the free feed uh you know where basically my guest um you know wasn't able to watch the second show something came up so i had to do the other show by myself it's happened not a big deal and unlike the first time this happened, uh, I am very used to doing solo audio now because I do it all the time on the Patreon. So uh, you're getting a little link, look at what it's like, I guess, on the Omikase Patreon if you're not a subscriber, where I do these kind of solo shows all the time for the tournament. Uh, before I get to DDT show, though, uh, something broke during the time between when Jerry and I finished recording and when I finished watching the DDT show to do this segment. Uh, which was the card order for the Nippon Budokan final for the World Tag League and Best of Super Junior uh, this coming Friday, December 11th. Uh, so, again, all those references throughout the show, too. Uh, we think Hiromu Despi will probably be the main event. Those turn out to all be true. It was indeed the main event. Uh, so we can go over the whole card here really quickly. I will give you all the matches. First of all, the opener, 
Toriano, Show, and Robbie Eagles versus Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, this is the only match in the card they think is kind of crap. Uh, you know, Chaos versus Bullet Club, whatever. But we we really had to get uh, fucking Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, uh, you know, on this card. Seems a little silly, but, uh, you know, that's what happened here. Um, as far as, you know, I don't know what this is building, honestly. Maybe an Ishimori Eagles junior title match or something for the Corrigans. Uh, or, because did, did Eagles even beat him <laughs> during the uh, Best of Super Junior? Let's say I feel like he didn't, actually. So I don't really know. This could just be filler. Or it could be something to set up uh, a challenger for KOPW. A belt that still does technically exist, if you're wondering. Yeah, Ishimori beat Eagles, and he definitely beat Show, you know, today. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what we're setting up there, really. Uh, but, yes, so that is, the case. That is uh, you know, that's a six-man tag that I really don't know what the point of is, really. Uh, if you know what the point is, you know, be sure to at me on Twitter and let me know, because I have no idea. Uh, match two, but that, I mean, that first match, though, honestly, the only match on this six-match card that looks kind of crappy. I mean, really, the rest of this card looks quite exciting. So, uh, match two, the team of Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Toa Hanare, taking on the team of Will Ospreay, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Uh, I kind of figured, even before the card came out, that this was a lock, that we were going to get the first, um, you know, the, the first match with, you know, with uh, the, the Empire Trio teaming together. Uh, I, you know, I just figured that was absolutely a lock here. Uh, I didn't see coming that would be Okada team with Tanahashi again uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, let me look up exactly when that was. I, I want to say it's at least a year because they have not been teaming together. Uh, Hontai and Chaos have not been teaming together at all uh, since the restart, I assume, because there's just not enough people. But let's see the last time Tanahashi and Okada teamed together. Uh, not quite a year. February uh, 22nd. So before the shutdown at the Manabu Nakanishi retirement event. When it was Goto, Okada, Tana, and Ibushi against the dads, uh, Tenkoji, Nakanishi, and Nagata. So it's been a while. been since February. So definitely uh, something that's cool to say. Now, obviously, they're building Okada Osprey for 1-4. I assume the other match they're going to set up here is Tanahashi and Great Okan. Uh, you know, Tanahashi doesn't have an opponent. Great Okan mentioned, you know, that he wanted to crush Tanahashi after they won that tag match against Tanahashi and Hanare. I just kind of feel like that's what they're setting up here. I could be wrong. It could just be Okada needs teammates. But I just don't really see what other match Tanahashi has at this point. Uh, match three, not in mystery what they're setting up here. Shingo and Sonata against Evil and Yujiro. This is the only straight-up rematch of a World Tag League match. Uh, they met all the way back on night one when Evil pinned Sonata with the Evil. Uh, and this is just the two teams meeting again. I would assume there's going to be some kind of angle here to set up an Evil versus Sonata singles match. For the Dome. Uh, you know, kind of like the rubber match since Sonata beat Evil. Uh, and the G1 block, B block final. Uh, to go to the G1 finals. And then Sonata pinned Evil. Match four. Uh, again, Kota Ibushi and Master Wato against Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. Another Ibushi-Naito hype match. And then we get to the double main event. First of all, the World Tag League 2020 finals. Uh, G.O.D. versus Finjuice. And the main event... Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Uh, I think we talked a lot about both those matches, you know, during our review of the uh, Best of Super Junior World Tag League Finals, since, you know, we didn't know they were both going to happen. We just didn't know what order it was going to be. 
but it was indeed what we, we suspected. The Hiromu Desperado match goes on last, which I'm very excited for. Uh, yeah, I would assume Hiromu's going to win. I think that one's almost a lock. I, I assume Finjuice will win too. The only thing that gives me a little pause is that they beat G.O.D. during the World Tag League. So I don't know if they'll... It, it, I mean, with these fucking tag titles, they have a tendency to do stupid shit. So it wouldn't shock me if G.O.D. wins via cheating and we end up with a three-way main match for the tag titles at the Tokyo Dome. Especially since the Techers kind of had a have a B for G.O.D. too since they beat them via cheating in the Tag League. So it wouldn't shock me if that happens. Uh, I would much rather see Finjuice win this and just go straight to a straight-up match with... Uh, the dangerous taggers for the tag titles at the Tokyo Dome, but I honestly think it's very likely that we get the fucking three-way scenario, so I'm pre- preparing for that now. But on the other hand, Hiromu, I think, will be Desperado, and we'll get Hiromu versus Ishimori at the Tokyo Dome. All right, so that's all the New Japan, I promise. So let's get into DDT here. Uh, the D.O. Grand, P- Grand Prix. I just said D.O. Grand P. <laughs> D.O. Grand Prix. Night 6. Tokyo Narimasu Act Hall. Uh, from today as well, Sunday, December 6th. Uh, the Sasaki night off is Chris Brooks. The scheduled night off for each guy, uh, if you haven't been following along with the tournament, it's two blocks of seven, so there's always somebody who has a night off, and Sasaki is injured, so, uh, so he's been injured since night one, so someone always has a night off because they were supposed to face Sasaki. Uh, the scheduled night off is Mao in the A block and Makoto Oishi in the B block. Uh, the opener, your non-tournament match, Chris Brooks defeating Hideki Okatani, with the Elevator Action Death Parade in 613. Uh, you know, I really have not been recapping these non-tournament matches much in any of the three tournaments. That's not going to change here. Uh, it felt long, six minutes, it felt longer than I thought it would go, but I guess it wasn't that long, really. Uh, not exactly, mean, doesn't exactly uh, indicate that it was thrilling me. But I went two and three quarters, a little above average, nothing special. Uh, match number two was the uh, Narimasu Tag Death Match. Uh, boy, was it a death match. Don Shokutino and Saki Akai defeating Torawashi and Kazuki Hirata when Akai pinned Hirata with a PK. This was another non-tournament match, I should say. Uh, that was an 827. Uh, so Hirata's music got cut off by Awashi's for a change. So Hirata like, was mocking Awashi's signature pose, you know, where he like puts his legs out kind of sumo style and like, you know, puts his arms out. And yeah, like Hirata doing it was really funny. Uh, we get some butt humor. With, uh, so basically, they said this was a Narimatsu death match because they're in the Narimas uh, area of Tokyo. And, you know, apparently the traditional we- weapon from ancient times was Yuki Ino, Keigo Nakamura, and uh, Imabayashi, the, you know, the former authority figure who's still weirdly kind of an authority figure. Uh, they all showed up with their butts out. They all took their butts out in three different corners. Dino was inspired to do the same thing, of course. Uh, Hirata then, like, chops all four of the butts, which, like, activates them into dancing for him, but this backfires on him, like, dancing with his, uh, Tokyo Ghost song, of course, but this backfires on him, because Saki Akai sets him up to get all four butts to the face when they're all, like, converging in the middle, and then she hits the PK on him, uh, she doesn't even want to touch him after that, so she just kind of lightly puts one foot on top of him for the pen. Uh, then all the butts dance to the back to her uh, Gwen Stefani theme song. That was funny. Funny and gross, but definitely funny. Uh, match number three in the A block. Uh, Kanosuke Takashida defeats Yukio Sakaguchi by knockout with the Zahi in 11-26. Uh, Takashida goes to six points and leaves Sakaguchi at six points. 
Uh, so both guys here were circling each other to start. Neither was like seemingly in a rush to uh, go at each other. Uh, Yukio finally gets a single middle kick, which hits Takashita in the chest uh, and his, his injured left arm. He sells out like death. He even rolls to the outside in pain. Uh, after that, he gets back up and they clinch up. And then Sakaguchi starts throwing a couple knees to the bad arm, uh, tries to get a hold of the arm, but Takashita backs up into the ropes to force a break. Uh, Yukio then gets a hold of the arm a second time back in the middle of the ring, gives it another hard kick, which sends Takashita down to the mat in pain. He goes for another arm lock. Takashita locks his hands to block. Uh, Takashita keeps trying to fight back, but Yukio just keeps going to the arm to easily fight him off. Just anytime you do anything, you just go right, to, right back to the arm. Uh, he then stretches it against the bottom rope for good measure. Uh, Sakaguchi finally gets an arm lock incompletely, but Takashita is able to scramble to the bottom rope to break just as we get the five-minute call. Uh, Takashita starts doing his best to fight back with his other arm. He deadlifts Yukio out of a front guillotine into a big front suplex. Yukio, though, gets an armbar takedown to the good arm and then, like, switches on the mat into a key lock on the bad arm. That was some really nice mat wrestling. Uh, he then turns it into a Fujiwara armbar as Takashita tries to reach out with the ropes and then surprisingly rolls it into a choke sleeper when Takashita almost makes the ropes. Uh, just great mat wrestling here from Sakaguchi. Takashita eventually stands. He drives Sakaguchi back in the turnbuckle with him still on his back to break the sleeper. But Yukio then dodges a, a charge and goes after the arm again in the corner and then rolls him straight into the middle of the ring and back into the arm lock. Really, that's all in the ref there. He should have forced Yukio to let go since they were in the ropes. But Takashita makes the ropes again. This time, Sakaguchi does let go. Uh, Takashita comes back with a blue thunderbomb. That was like the only uh, moment in the match where he fucked up. Because he's done such a great job not doing anything with the bad arm. But he really had to lift him with the bad arm for the blue, blue thunderbomb. Should not have done that. Gets a two count. Uh, Takashita gets a nice combo of elbows. A big short arm lariat. Uh, of course, with a good arm for a close near fall just before the 10-minute call. He tries to lift Sakaguchi up after that, uh, but then he gets his back into a choke sleeper again. Takashita tosses him off, tries for a big kick. Sakaguchi tries to take him down to the armbar again, but Takashita rolls through it into a cradle for a very close near fall. Man, this match rolls. Uh, Sakaguchi misses a high kick, so Takashita dumps him right on his head with a German suplex. Uh, Yukio no-sells it, and hits a huge running knee, but Takashita no-sells that, hits his own running knee, which is the, the Zehi, and that leaves... Is that what it is? The Zehi? Or did I just make that up? Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Zahi. I don't know what Zehi is. Zehi is like a Japanese word, I think. I don't know what it is right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Takashita no-sells that, hits his own running knee, and that leaves both guys down as we get a double knockdown count. Uh, Takashita beats the 10 count, but Sakaguchi can't, and that gives Takashita the win. I am going to look up what Zehi means because I know it means something and it's bothering me. So Zehi means absolutely by all means. There you go. <laughs> I knew it meant something. Uh, anyway, yes, Takashita beats the 10 count. Sakaguchi can't. That gives Takashita the win. This was awesome. Uh, this was one of the best matches in the whole tournament so far. The clear match of the night. And it being, you know, the first tournament match was the match of the night here. I mean... Uh, Yukio Sakaguchi, he was the perfect opponent for Takashita at this point with, you know, with Takashita's arm hanging on by a thread and just like, you know, doing the Goshiozaki thing all tournament. Uh, you know, every time he got a hold of that arm, you thought Takashita was going to have to tap or the referee had to stop it. Uh, you know, Takashita survived by the skin of his teeth, 
ultimately ends up feeling like he got lucky at the end there with the big knockout knee. It didn't feel unrealistic that he won, even though, you know, Yuka Sakaguchi with all submission wrestling should be a perfect opponent to take apart an injured arm like that. And he was, but, you know, he's gotten lucky. Uh, other than that one blue thunder bomb, he did it without using his bad arm at all, really. So, good stuff here. Uh, four stars. This ruled. Exactly the kind of pro wrestling I love. And this, by the way, was my first match from the A block through these six nights of four stars or better. Uh, I have three other matches of four stars flat so far, but they're all from the B block. So, like I said, it hasn't been that good of a tournament, but uh, the B block has been better. Uh, match number four, also A block, Hiroshima versus Akito ends in a draw after a double pinfall in 1626. That puts Hiroshima at seven points and Akito at five points. Uh, they start out on the mat, as I fully expected. They get their legs all tied up before Hiroshima switches to trying for an armbar. Uh, but Akito stands up out of that, goes back to the leg lock. Hiroshima reverses that, gets a front neck lock, tries for his own armbar. Akito locks his hands to block and reverses, reverses into a leg breaker, uh, followed by a figure four of sorts. Good technical wrestling here, maybe a little slow. Uh, Hiroshima makes the ropes to break. Akito stays on Hiroshima's legs afterward, but Hiroshima reverses into his own leg lock, uh, which sends Akito scrambling uh, to the ropes to break it. Hiroshima then gets a hard kick to his legs uh, while he's on the apron. That sends Akito scrambling to get away, but Hiroshima just keeps kicking at him. Uh, Finally, referee Matsui makes him back off with Akito on the ropes, but Hiroshima only does so momentarily. He starts kicking at him again and then starts standing on the leg as well. Uh, Hiroshima stays on the leg. He puts a leg lock on in the middle uh, of the ropes for a bit before Akito, or the middle of the, what did I say? Middle of the rope. I, I don't know what I meant by that note. He puts it on and then Akito finally like leaps over uh, to the ropes to break. Uh, the two of them trade elbows in the middle of the ring. Uh, I have to say it makes little sense that neither guy is really selling their leg after all that. They just look fine. I mean, Akito might have been selling it a little bit, but not even that much. Uh, they do start kicking each other in the leg at least uh, before Hiroshima fires off some middle kicks. Akito catches one of them and hits a nasty-looking dragon screw. He follows up with a basement drop kick and then the Danielson-style surfboard double leg breaker. Then another basement drop kick just as we get the 10-minute call. Uh, Akito does his weird arm track dragon screw, but Hiroshima then counters him into the Italian stretch. I guess he's been watching his Doki tapes. I don't know. I mean, he probably got it from some other guy, I don't know. But it's just funny, because Doki's been doing it in every match. Uh, Akito gets out of that by attacking the leg. Hiroshima chops him repeatedly in the corner, sets him up on the top rope before delivering a superplex. I feel like there must be someone much more famous who uses the Italian stretch, and now someone's going to get mad at me for saying it was Doki's move. But I can't think of who it is right now. So if you know, feel free to, again, at me on Twitter, at Russell Omikaze. Uh, But yes, Hiroshima covers for a two-count. And then when Akito kicks out, he immediately transitions back to a leg lock. He gets a figure four momentarily, but Akito turns it over like the moment Hiroshima gets like gets it on. I can't recall ever seeing that before, so that was cool. Uh, Hiroshima turns it back over. Akito turns it over again, and they both end up rolling to the ropes, so that was certainly inventive at least. Uh, Hiroshima hits a falcon arrow for a two count. He then hits a gut buster, uh, at least remembers to sell his leg after he hits the gut buster on the knee. But then he runs full force and hits a double foot stomp with no problem. Uh, he was going for the Somato at first, but Akito like laid down to avoid it. So he went with the foot stomp again. What leg work? 
Uh, Rashima teases going for Samato again. This time Akito rolls all the way to the floor. Hiroshima goes after him and throws him back in. But Akito grabs onto the bottom rope to try and avoid going, going back in the ring. He suddenly grabs Hiroshima's leg as he's sliding in behind him and slams it down hard all the way to the floor. But Hiroshima comes back with a kick on the apron. He goes for the Samato on the apron, but Akito dodges and Hiroshima slams into the ring post or slams his leg into the ring post. Uh, yeah, basically he dodges and he goes like fucking knee first in the ring post. It looks nasty. Uh, at this point, the ref's count is getting pretty high. Akito gets back in the ring. So this could easily be the count out. And Akito even drop kicks him off the apron. For some reason, the ref keeps counting. I don't know why. But Hiroshima still beats the count at 19. Real good tease there. Uh, back in the ring, Akito catches Hiroshima's leg on the on a kick. Goes for one of his wacky submissions. But Hiroshima sort of counters. And they end up in a double pin situation where both their shoulders down. is like stuck in a ball. And Matsuri counts a double pin, so it's a draw. I didn't like this that much. Uh, it's been a trend for me with Akito in this tournament. Again, I usually love him, but this tournament, he's been bad. Uh, this match was super slow. Uh, they blew off the legwork pretty constantly and just ran around when, whenever they felt like doing it. And then sitting through all that just to get the stupid double pin finish sure did not help. Uh, I mean, I can call it above average because the mat wrestling was technically good, but that, you know, it's not even three stars for me. It's two and three quarters. Just not that good. So, there you go. Uh, match number five in the B block now. Uh, Yuki Ueno defeats Shuma Katsumata with the WR in 1356, which brings Ueno up to six points and leaves Shuma still at two points. Uh, this is a battle of the two of two DDT Sauna Club members. Also includes Mao and Takashita. I think that's what's behind the wacky theme song at the start. Uh, they start out fast before Shuma rolls out to the floor. Ueno eventually... This starts a whole big sequence. Ueno follows him out there, slams him, tosses him back in. Uh, Shuma log rolls to the other side, right out, the, right out of the ring on the other side. Ueno slides out there, slams him on the mat on, on the floor again, tosses him back in. Shuma rolls away on the other side again. Uh, <laughs> so Ueno follows him again, slams him again. That actually made me laugh out loud. He tosses him again. Shuma log rolls to the other side of the ring, this time not out of it, and then when Ueno gets close to him, he log rolls all the way back out the side he just came. Uh, so there you go. We finally break this weird cycle when Shuma grabs a pair of chairs, uh, sets them up on the outside. This part goes on forever. Like, basically, uh, to recap it very quickly, Ueno asks to take 10 years to finally go out there. He sits in the other chair. Shuma starts waving a towel around him. I guess this is a sauna club reference. But then he starts uh, choking him with it instead. Real thrilling stuff here. Did I mention the other two Sonic Club members are Mao and Takashita? I can't remember if I did or not. But that's just that's the Sonic Club. Uh, back in the ring, Shuma gives Ueno a neck twist. Locks him in a head scissors. Uh, Ueno ends up coming back with a nice high drop kick. Which sends Shuma all the way to the floor. But when Ueno tries to follow him out there uh, with a dive, Shuma hits him with a chair right to the face in midair. That was pretty sick. Uh, Shuma sets up a whole chair pile on top of Ueno, goes up the top rope, but Ueno gets up on the apron to try and stop him. Shuma grabs his arms, though, and hits, like, this cool double knee attack that just drives him down on the apron. Uh, that looked pretty damn cool. And then Ueno, though, comes back by slamming Shuma down hard on the chair pile, all the way from the apron. That looked like it sucked for Shuma. Uh, he rolls Shuma back in the ring and covers for a two count. Uh, back in the ring, Ueno hits a full Nelson backbreaker. Locks in a high-angle Boston Crab. 
Shuma gets out. We end up doing a rough bump spot so Shuma can bring a chair in the ring. Uh, Ueno grabs the chair. They fight over it, but Shuma slams the chair onto his fingers, like opens and closes it. Then super kicks him down to a seated position on the chair. Super kicks him again while he's sitting there. And then gives him a high, his angle slam-esque thing, you know, the almost looks like a rich clutch angle slam. I don't know. Uh, he probably has a name for it. I don't know what it is. But he puts the chair on top of Ueno, tries for a dive off the top, but Ueno pulls the chair up to block it, uh, and then cradles him for a two count. Ueno and Shuma then go back and forth with counters and then cradles. Uh, each of them are foot stopping the other during the cradles as well, uh, or between the cradles. And Ueno heads up to the top rope, delivers a frog splash, but Shuma kicks out once again. They trade more cradles before Shuma hits a low blow with the referee's back turned and cradles him for another two count. And then Shuma starts trying to hide behind the ref, but the ref jumps for cover. When Ueno hits a big running enziguri, that was awesome. The ref is just like, I am not getting hit by this. Fuck you, Shuma. Just dives out of the ring. And Ueno follows it up with the WR that, like, uh, I don't know what it was, like a cradle bomb. I don't know what to call it, really. It's called the WR, <laughs> and that gets the pen. Uh, this was trending badly at the start, uh, but by the end, I actually liked it. Uh, they did enough cool stuff that I can overlook how bad the early portion was and go three and a quarter overall. Nothing I have to, I can tell you, like, drop everything and watch this match, but it was enjoyable enough, so three and a quarter. Uh, the semifinal, Tetsuya Endo loses to Soma Takao. Uh, Soma Takao beats him in 1637 with the gin and tonic, so Soma goes up to six points, and Endo's stuck at seven, his first loss in the tournament. Uh, Endo and Soma start by trading some holds. Endo knocks Soma down with a shoulder block, and then when Soma kips back up uh, right away, he Endo starts trying some flash pins for two counts. Uh, Soma rolls to the floor, and Endo does a karate pose for some reason. That made me laugh. Endo and Soma then both uh, arm themselves with those big metal tins, uh, as we saw, I think, at another Soma match against Akiyama or something. But Soma takes advantage of the distraction to push referee Matsui into Endo, who essentially gives him a shoulder block. Uh, you know, really a good shoulder shoulder block by the ref there. Uh, Takao then gives Tetsuya a drop kick, which sends him to the floor. We get some slow crowd brawling before Endo kind of lightly whips Soma into the ring post. He drives him back first into the post as well. Certainly nothing fast-paced about this match right now uh, at this point. We get the five-minute calls. They roll back in the ring. Endo hits a hard chop in the corner, leaps over the apron, and then, like, drops his drops him first over the top rope after, like, he had him in a cravat for a little bit. Uh, Endo keeps working over Soma back in the ring. Uh, not terribly interesting offense. I was waiting patiently at this point for the match to get interesting. Thankfully, it would pretty soon after this, actually. Uh, Soma finally gets up in his face for a nice little elbow exchange. Endo goes low with a knee to put a stop to that. Uh, Soma misses a drop kick when Endo grabs on the ropes to stop himself, but then he catches him with a drop kick the second time after a somersault roll. He then hits a nice high knee to the face in the corner, followed by a quick double stomp off the second rope for a two count. Uh, Soma goes for the second rope DDT. Endo flips as he's about to land into it. Uh, which was definitely a cool counter. Like, basically, you know, the second rope DT is, like, the deep impact that Kanemaru does, which I think the announcer even called it that was kind of funny. And, like, the moment someone's about to go head first, he instead flips onto his feet. It looked awesome. Uh, he comes back with a big springboard form that just wipes Soma out. And this match got really exciting at this point. Uh, Endo catches Soma trying to go for a leapfrog, gives him a Manhattan drop instead, then hits a kick and a nice standing moonsault for a two count just before the 10-minute call. He rolls Soma into a stranglehold. 
uh, but Soma is able to make the ropes to break after a brief, stru brief struggle. Soma comes back with a backcracker. They both go for like a double underhook something. I don't know. Neither one gets anybody lifted even, so I don't know what they're going for. Uh, first Endo, then Soma. Oh no, first, sorry. First Soma, then Endo. And then Soma backs him up into the corner. He ends up uh, setting him up on the top rope and tries for a Rana, but Endo pushes him off, so he's hanging on the, the ropes instead. And then Endo does like, he goes out to the apron on the other side of the corner and does this cool running one leg drop kick. He runs across the apron, jumps over the top rope, and gets the kick. Like, all in one motion. It's really cool looking. A little hard to describe, maybe, but very cool looking. Endo then hits an attitude adjustment for a two count. I love that that's what they all call it. Attitude adjustment. Just go... Da, da, da. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, folks. We're two hours in, and I'm by myself here. But uh, I remember what, one time I was watching... God, what, what the hell? Colin Delaney? Remember him? When he, when he had this run in Chikara as a heel to get booed, he would, like, do all these WWE spots... And, you know, this was after he was in WWE, remember. And every time he would do an FU slash attitude adjustment, he would do the little da-da-da-da, like he'd yell it out, and then he'd do the move. It's the best thing Colin Delaney ever did, I think. Anyway, uh, the two of them trade cradles for near falls. They end up rolling all the way to the other side of the ring. But just when it looks like Endo is trapped, he's actually in the ropes. So Matsui has to stop counting. Pretty great spot, though, uh, even though... Uh, you know, I thought to cow at him for a second, honestly. Uh, Endo comes back with a kick, then a Canadian Destroyer. Soma no-sells it, tries to cut back into a pin for a two-count. He then rolls them back to their feet and just, like, sits straight down, almost like a half gin and tonic, like he didn't get the other leg, but it still looked nasty. Just dropped Endo on his head. Uh, that gets another close near fall. And this match is very good now after the rough start. Uh, and Soma gets a Michinoku Driver for yet another two-count as someone is rubbing an engine outside. So I apologize if you can hear that. Uh, he picks Endo up and goes for the vertebraker. Endo flips back onto his feet and gets Takao straight up on his shoulders. And looks like he's going for the one-winged angel. So another shout-out to Kenny Omega, I guess. The gamer. Uh, Soma escapes and hits a roaring elbow. Uh, Endo gets a handspring into a roll-up. I don't know if I've ever seen a handspring into a roll-up before. That was awesome. They trade more cradle attempts. Before Soma gets to the Magistral into the Endless Waltz, you know, where he just keeps rolling them. But Endo kicks out again. I really thought the Endless Waltz was going to be the pin. But then, right after that, Soma drops him straight down his head with the real gin and tonic. Both legs hooked. That finally gets him the pin. Endo's first loss in the tournament to his stablemate in Damnation. Uh, I can't quite go four stars, given how much I didn't like the early portion of the match. But this is fucking great by the end, so it's three and three quarters. I mean, this was a match that probably gains a lot if you watch it unspoiled, because... Which I guess you can't if you just listen to me talk about it. But they had me on the edge of my seat with these endless near falls towards the end. And I, I love flash pins, as longtime listeners probably know. Like, it's a thing I'm definitely a mark for. And these flash pin counters were awesome. Uh, Soma felt like he earned every bit of that win over the previously unbeatable champion. So this, this was awesome. I mean, not, not much else to say about it. It was just a great match. Uh, other than the, the start, which wasn't that great. <laughs> the main event, Kasusada Higuchi. Defeats Junakiyama with the brain claw pin in 403. Uh, not a typo. Higuchi uh, moves up to seven points, and Akiyama drops down to six, or still at six, I should say. So we start out with a big side headlock from Akiyama. Higuchi gets out, and they collide. Uh, Akiyama hits a jumping knee. Higuchi completely no sells it and knocks Akiyama down with a big lariat. Uh, Jun starts throwing some elbows. Higuchi fires back with chops. Uh, neither guy's given an inch here. And Higuchi's chops were really hard. I mean, Akiyama's chest was like beat red. 
Uh, Higuchi finally backs Jun up into the corner with the chops and then whips him into the opposite one and then gives him two straight running lariats. Uh, he hits a power slam, then heads up to the top rope where he hits a big flying splash for a two count. And then Higuchi goes for a sumo charge. Akiyama counters with a jumping knee, then another running knee to a kneeling Higuchi for a two count, and then a second knee for another two count. Uh, he hits an exploder suplex for Higu- to Higuchi for a two count. He locks in his signature front guillotine. Uh, okay, guys, outside. Calm the fuck down. Anyway, <laughs> they're definitely not wasting any time here. And judging by the remaining runtime on the show, uh, I can't say I'm not surprised. So, And then Higuchi quickly powers June out of the guillotine and then catches him with the iron claw. He gets the STO out of the claw position, keeps the claw on, and that shockingly gets the pin. So yes, Higuchi pinned Akiyama in just four minutes. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, about as good as four-minute matches you can possibly have, I think. I went three and a half. I'm a little disappointed they didn't go longer, but the finish was just so like out of nowhere and just really cool that it almost feels kind of worth it. So uh, Overall, this was the best Dio night since the excellent night one at Cork. And I mean, it's sort of damning it with faint praise because nights two through five were really not that great. I mean, night five, the last one I think was like the second best night when that was just a night where like everything was fine, nothing was bad. Here we have like, you know, one match I didn't love, Hiroshima and Akito. Everything else was good, at least, and two matches here, uh, you know, Soma and uh Endo and Harash and uh Takashita and Sakaguchi, I think were pretty damn great. So, you know, this was not not like a fucking show of the year contender for sure, but definitely an enjoyable show. Which after how disappointing this Dio has been, I will take it. Uh, let's look at our standings. We only got one show left, night seven. Got a week off here. It's not till oh, six days off, I should say. It's not till next Saturday. So let's see. Uh, remember, as I go through the standings and the matches for next week, they there are no tiebreakers this year. There's no direct confrontation tiebreaker. It's champion carnival rules, not G1 rules. If two guys are tied in points, or presumably more, they have a match. And whoever wins the match, they have to have a decision match. It doesn't matter who beat who during the DO. Any people tied in points, they have a decision match to decide the block. No tiebreaker. Uh, a block. Hiroshima is on top, 3-1-1 one, one with 7 points. Right behind him, Yukio Sakaguchi, Chris Brooks, Konosuke Takashita, all 3-2 and two with 6 points. Akito, 2-2-1 two, two and one for 5 points. Mao, 2-3 and three for 4 points. And Daisuke Sasaki, of course, was yeah, forfeited all his matches after his first match. He is 1-5 and five at 2 points. B block. Higuchi on top. Uh, well, actually, no. Technically, Endo is on top because so they both have seven points. Endo is three one and one with seven points. Higuchi is three two and one with seven points. Higuchi's done. Uh, Higuchi has no more matches. He's the guy in the B block who doesn't have any matches in the last night. So Endo would be ahead of him because he has one more match still. So yeah, those are the two guys with seven points. Then you got three guys with six points: Junakiyama, Soma Takao, Yuki Ueno, all three and two for six points. Uh, and then bringing up the rear: Shuma Katsumata and Makoto Oishi. Both one and four for two points. Uh, night seven is Narimasu Act Hall, sun, uh, Saturday, December 12th, next Saturday. Uh, we finally get a six match card here because this was Daisuke Sasaki's scheduled night off. So, you know, he hasn't wrestled since night one because of injury. Uh, and the scheduled night off for B is Katsada Higuchi. So, A block Takashida versus Hiroshima, Yukio Sakaguchi versus Akito, Mao versus Brooks. Very simple in the A block. Hiroshima is the only guy at seven points. If he beats Takashita, he wins the block. No, nothing nobody else can do. Uh, Takashita wins. He could tie. We could end up with a tiebreaker situation with uh, 
Sakaguchi or Brooks, if either one of them get, get to eight points as well, or both of them, we would have to have a decision match. It sounds like that would be on the December 12th show, I think. I don't know if that's been confirmed. Uh, it, you know, it could be on the final night, which isn't until, uh, God, it's weeks later. Yeah, d- December 27th, on sun- Sunday, December 27th. But yeah, uh, but there they would be a tiebreaker in that situation, but very easy. Hiroshima is the only guy who controls his own, controls his own destiny. If he beats Takashita, he wins the block. B block, uh, a little more complicated. Tetsuya Endo, again, actually, no, not actually, Endo controls his own destiny too. So, same thing in the B block. If Endo wins his match, he's the only guy at seven points who has another match. If Endo, so it's Tetsuya Endo versus Makoto Oishi, Soma Takao versus Shuma Katsumata, Yuki Ueno versus Junakiyama. Endo beats Oishi, which on paper he should. Uh, in actuality, maybe Oishi's going to get the big upset here. But on paper, he should win this match. If Endo wins, he wins the block, and that's it. There's nothing anybody else can do. Higuchi is still alive, but he has to get get a lot of help, basically. Uh, he needs Oishi to win. He needs Soma to lose to Shunma. And then he needs Ueno and Akiyama, who both have six points, to go to a draw of some kind, which isn't out of the question. We've seen a ton of draws in this tournament, honestly. Uh, then we would have a four-way tie with Endo, Ueno, Akiyama, and Higuchi. And they would meet somehow uh, in a tiebreaker. If Soma, if Soma and Shuma go to a draw, then there would be a five-way tie. That I don't think will happen. But yeah, uh, that's the scenario for Higuchi. He's still alive, even though you know this is uh, he doesn't have any more matches left. But he would need some help for sure. Uh, as far as my predictive final, I don't know. I really thought Akiyama was going to the final. May, I'm just going to stick with that, I guess. He beats Ueno. Uh, Soma, you know... I guess Soma can, like, lose to Shuma, why not? And Oishi can beat Endo. Or they can do some kind of tiebreaker thing with Soma and Akiyama. And then, at that point, you get in Akiyama... Let's say Akiyama Harashima, why not? Because, uh, you know, I don't think Takashi is going to the final. I think the arm injury is the way to get him out of it. So Harashima will win that match. And then we can get Harashima and Akiyama as a final. I mean, to, you know, a All Japan slash Noah legend versus a DET legend. So... Sounds good to me. And Akiyama could win this thing. I mean, wouldn't shock me at all. And then we could do Akiyama Endo again with Akiyama going for revenge since Endo did beat him on night one of the tournament. So we'll have to wait and see, though. That'll be next Saturday. Uh, so this episode has gone quite long, so let me sign off here. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, again, one more plug for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Omikaze. Only $5 gets you uh, all of our stuff. You know, this week we'll be starting a new one-match series for the Tokyo Dome main events. That'll be the big thing. You can go back and listen to all the DO shows we did, all the Best of Super Junior, all the World Tag League, and G1, and Champion Carnival, and uh, uh, N1 if you want, plus all the five-match episodes we do, which are just, like, me and a guest picking out awesome matches. I mean, I still I always see people going through the archives of that and, like, liking it and stuff on the Patreon. So that's, like, evergreen content, you know? Other than, I guess, us rambling about whatever timely things we rambled about at the start sometimes that's not as evergreen but you know uh, i mean you know i mean when we're rambling about how we hate the pandemic and how it's going on forever i guess that's still the case so but yeah five dollars patreon.com slash wrestling omikase next week here on the free feed we are going to wrap up uh we'll sort of wrap up the do it'll be the last uh the last tournament show and we will wrap up the world tagging and best super junior finals so my guest will be jojo uh, returning to the show here uh, from Japan. He will be coming to us from Japan, I should say. 
at, to wrap up the World Tag League and Best Super Junior Final. So we'll cover that show from Friday, and we'll cover the DO Night 7 from Saturday. Uh, that will be next week here on the free feed. And then after that, it'll be year in review season. So stay tuned for that. Uh, more details as they come. Still got to line up all the guests and everything. I am losing my voice because this is like my third straight day of audio and like my 17th in a row, it feels my 17th out of 20 or some shit. I have been working hard on that Patreon, folks. So again, uh, thank you if you're a subscriber. If you're not, please come check us out. I'm going to take a day or two off here, drink some tea, hopefully be ready to go with one, one more one map stuff. In the meantime, thank you as always for listening. Follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase, Wrestling Women Fit. Thanks again to Jerry for coming on for the New Japan portion. And I will see you all next time.